Welcome to the Tuesday Review. I'm Nathan, and I'm as always joined by co-hosts James and Callum. How are you going, boys? Good. How are you? Good. Um, our second episode in yeah. our trilogy of special episodes dedicated to the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, L-O-T-R, Triple T. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, last week, we um, we were there was some crazy stuff going on behind the scenes, and we were really rushed and all out of sorts. And we hardly got to talk about anything. So hopefully this week will be a lot smoother and yeah. we'll have a bit more time. Um, obviously, if you haven't listened to last week, do that now. Like stop this and listen to last week now. Um, because this w- w- this will be obviously... A continuation. A continuation, but like we'll be focusing on the two towers. But following on from our discussion, this will be about the whole Lord of the Rings movie trilogy. Um, and... Yeah, um, I'm excited because this week we got Helms Deep, we got we got Orcs, Gandalf the White, we got Gandalf the White, we got more Saruman's, like Gandalf the Fool, uh, but Treebeard as well. We, we got we, we got the flipping Treebeard. We got Saruman's sick burns. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> Gandalf the White, oh, Gandalf the Fool, <laughs> <laughs> sick burns, Saruman. But um, speaking of Saruman, I um, I did end up listening to some of Christopher Lee's heavy metal. metal. It was suitably epic. <laughs> um, also, there's a couple of things, because last week was so crazy, there's a couple of things I want to go over again. We missed a, f- a few things. But um, obviously, like, I don't want to go through all the fellowship stuff all over again, but there were just some, some broad topics that yeah. we covered that I thought we could reiterate um, and discuss again. And obviously, we'll probably continue talking about it next week. But... um. First thing I just want to talk about, like, in terms of the adaptation, like, we're just saying it's so perfect, so definitive, and it is. But also, like, in order to make these movies, Peter Jackson had to change a lot from the books. Yeah. And we'll talk about this more next week. But, yeah, there are whole sections that weren't in the book and whole sections that, you know, he had to cut out or streamline or whatever. So, I think when we talk about the adaptation, yeah, obviously, it's not the perfect one-to-one adaptation yeah. that a lot of fans would want but in when, when you're adapting a movie uh, from a book yeah certain you, you have, have to, to be made yeah even with the 4 hour extended versions there are things and i think a lot of the changes he made and him him and his co-writers and like are for the better and make for a better movie. Yeah, that's right. Because they're two very different mediums. They're not going exactly. it's not a one-to-one thing. So if you know if you made a movie that was you know, six or seven hours per film. Yeah. And then you'd have characters suddenly sing a song. Yeah. And then you include, like, the high strangeness of things like Bombadil and all that. People are going to be like, I don't really know what I watched. Yeah. How do you... Like, you know, you could make it into a TV show. You'd have to make, like, a mini-series on each... One season on each movie. Exactly. But even then... Is it going to necessarily go down well? And, and that, it also runs the risk of upsetting the tonal consistency exactly. we talked about yeah. last yeah. week. And also, like you were saying, it's not a one-to-one thing. It's like it's a different medium. Yeah. And so this brings me to my next point, which I want to talk about, which is like the visual... You know how we keep saying the visuals is so perfect and Peter Jackson, like every, when you think of these these characters and these places, you think of the Peter Jackson version. Yeah. And one of the reasons it is so definitive is because even no, you know, like even Tolkien himself had sketches of what things would look like. And even before the movies, other artists and whatever would 
draw how certain characters look or certain places. So we already had references, but the one of the reasons the Peter Jackson movies are so perfect is because they're translating it to a live action, big budget movie uh, look. You know, yeah, yeah an aesthetic. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's e- it's it's easy to. Uh, it's easy to translate something from the pay, like the written word, to a drawing. But it's not so easy to but translate it's something from a drawing. Ta- take to that a, drawing and then turn it into a into actual, a costume. Yeah, into a set or an actor. Yeah, yeah. So that's I think I wanted to sort of clarify and or finish that thought from last week. Because I suppose there's more to it than just look. There's also the essence, and I don't know if yeah. I can explain this correctly. But when you look at a fence. You know, like an like an animated like a drawing of a fence. Yeah, you can get a carpenter to build that, but it still might lack that something. Yeah, it, and it's just the way you stylize certain things. You yeah. have to be careful. It's not cartoonish in a live action movie, unless the movie you're making is very over the top. And so there's a diff, there's a balancing act there, especially when you're doing things that like like translating things from the books that weren't really. Yeah, like drawn by lots of people, or you know, it was all animated in the '60s cartoon, of course. Yeah, but you '60s, '70s, I think. But you can't, you know, I yeah. don't think Peter Jackson was using that as a no. hardcore reference for everything. <laughs> exactly, um, and obviously because of the book, certain things are going to look the same yeah. way they have, like because it's described yeah. in the book, so it's going. But the way he imagined and his it crew and brought it to life, yeah. it is like perfect. Yeah, well, I think as we said in the last review. Uh, it established the look. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's th- why, like, not not to take away from the people who visualized it before and Tolkien himself, who had drawn things before, but translating it to live action is yeah, like a visual whole. Medium, it's yeah. a whole nother thing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. How it's definitive in that sense of how you can take the author's original intent. Yeah, it's like he modernize d- it, streamline it. It's the most perfectly distilled. The essence, it's the most perfectly distilled aesthetic yeah. that you could get from and, movies, and that that goes for the adaptation as well, like the story and the dialogue and stuff. Like, you you distill it and you streamline it for a modern audience for a for a four hour times three movie, um, but at, you keep the essence of what the characters and what Tolkien was going for. Yeah, and in that sense, it's a great adaptation because you don't lose. Yeah, you know, and like I think, a lot of adaptations, you don't lose the point of the book or the yeah. feeling or the spirit. No, that's right, and then that's 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 like why I'm as excited as I get about adaptations, you're always going to run that risk of it rubbing me or other nerds yeah. the wrong way. Yeah, because uh, you know sometimes they just <laughs> like you you take the DC movies. Yeah, right. Yeah, they can get the look down, but they just don't but, understand. Yeah, no, they don't get the look down either. Yeah, but, Mas- yeah. but Zack Snyder. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> oh, that's another four-hour movie. But you know what I mean, right? <laughs> like that, you can make the world look as authentic as possible but they just don't understand yeah. the world. Yeah, exactly. So, no, it doesn't what happens is you give Batman a gun and he kills people. It's not what Batman's about. Yeah, exactly. They they lose the spirit. They lose the... Oh, we but won't I, go down I that rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think that... Um, <laughs> don't even get us started about yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> this, is, this is about good movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not um, I think that I think that it's that comparison people make between the books and the movies that annoys so many people because we were get, we got dinner the other after the movie after we watched Two Towers yeah and I was talking to you guys about all these people uh, reviews oh, yeah, yeah, how yeah. much they hated it and they don't understand and, yeah. was, and I said to James you're never gonna it's please like we, we come from two different worlds you have us yeah. on our show talking about how much we love it and how authentic it is yeah and then you have people saying 
since it's not exactly like the books, it's awful. And yeah. I think that these people don't really understand that if you're going to translate something to another medium, yeah, something and will be lost. Yeah, it's it, like what it, is it's, it? It's I'm not a smart lost. enough man to talk to talk about it, but it's like yeah. energy conversion. Even, you're going to lose something, even in adaptations that are almost shot for shot from the book. You always lose something because you don't have the narrative. Description yeah, or books are a very imagination. Books or, are a very yeah. internal medium. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of a lot of narration is from that person's perspective, yeah. their thoughts, their feelings. Or just just per- it's, flourishes from the author. Yeah, that, and, and like the way you imagine the way you yeah, imagine something. Even and a lot of people will say that. Oh well, since I read, I watched Lord Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm just going to imagine everything the way that he depicted it. Yeah. That's not the case, actually. Your imagination will fill in all it, kinds of blanks. That's, But that's the point. You, the, you adapt, when you're and adapt, that can't when be replicated, is When what you're I'm adapting saying. a book or a drawn or a non-animated medium, using your imagination, right? Yeah. To fill in gaps in yeah. everything. How, would, this how, look, it plays how would this look in real how life? How this looks, yeah, yeah. Using your imagination. So, like, you're never going to be able to meet someone's expectations of their imagination and yeah. how things they yeah. want things uh, to look. Yeah. Especially if you're, like, the kind... Like, the, the, the loyalists to Lord of the Rings are the kinds of people who read it two times a year. You know, they know yeah. the story in and out. Every, everything yeah, is lore, perfectly yeah. imagined in their, their mind's eye already. Yeah. So when Peter Jackson comes out with his aesthetic, they're going to be like, that looks nothing like the world in my yeah. head. Therefore, and it just, I it don't sets, really... Un, it just sets unrealistic expectations. Yes. Oh, don't I, mean, I understand. Look, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, uh, <laughs> we're, we're talking about like this, but we, we have our we have our own things where we're like, yeah. they, they adapted it well, but it just didn't have that. You know, and like we yeah. get we get upset about things they change. Absolutely, but I think the Lord but of the Rings. But I think it's not warranted in this case. Exactly, that's that's the point we're trying to make. Is in this case, it's just yes, there were changes made that some purists might get angry about, but the movies but are those so changes well had made. to be made. Like I was so I was watching Two Towers again last night. We watched oh, really? it on Saturday, and then it's on Netflix, right? And I got a new speaker system for my TV, so I thought, what's Extended? a what's a What's that? Do you watch the extended edition? No, no, no. So it was on. It's just on Netflix, right? So no, what, that's theatrical. What, oh. yeah, yeah. So what I was doing, I was just testing the speakers. I went on Netflix yeah. to pick any action movie, and they had the Lord of the Rings movies. So I picked Two Towers. Um, it's just the the theatrical. I didn't watch the whole thing. Just yeah. just to test the speakers. Um, and at one point, I had to turn the speakers off or unplug them or whatever. And I was I was just watching the movie completely silently, and you know a movie's great when you just you're in tune with the movie even though it's completely silent you know everything everything that's going on you can see just the the editing right i was just watching the editing the cuts the angles like the cinematography i was like oh so beautiful <laughs> of course it had that horrible netflix compression everything was kind of pixely and <laughs> after watching in 4k on the projector it's not the same um and the uh theatrical versions i don't think i can watch the movies theatrical the theatrical versions anymore. It just the, <laughs> it's the extended, ruined, it's ruined like they, for me. I understand why they decided not to have the extended editions in cinemas. Oh yeah, you can't. Um, yeah, they. The but watching never. the extended editions, it adds so much more depth. Yeah, like there are scenes that I don't remember, of course, because I've probably watched the extended editions, but not for a long time. Yeah. I don't know if I have. It's been a but, long time for. But either way, there's things where I would say to you, "Oh, was this in the theatrical edition?" You go, "No." Yeah, I think, as they're talking about like little things, like Aragorn's age is yeah. is, is uh, remarked upon. Yeah, 
it's the little things, right? Because when you got franchises like Lord of the Rings, it's action, action, action. The extended edition gives you just a little bit of more of a uh, sit and wall, like yeah. Uh, the original because the theatrical version is still long; they're like about yeah. three hours, so and you still get a lot of the character and stuff. But yeah, but just that extra hour, it seems to yeah. be just sort of. More character, character development, more just sitting in the lore. scenes. It's a lot of, it's lore a lot of nerdy talking. It's a lot of nerdy yeah. book stuff that Peter Jackson wanted to put in and couldn't for the theatre. Bless him. <laughs> Saint Peter. <laughs> <laughs> the real Saint Peter. <laughs> Peter Jackson. Um, so another point I wanted to reiterate from last week is how we were talking about how, you know, movies now are too much CGI, they look like crap, and Lord of the Rings is so great because they only use CGI when they have to, and yada, yada, yada. And I wanted to expand upon that point because we're rushing and we, we kind of make this point every week saying the same thing over and over again. But I want to kind of expand it upon it because I think it's important. Like, I know the Lord of the Rings uses way more CGI than I let on. I know that there's so much CGI in almost every scene because you've got to do touch-ups and you've got to do things with the make the sizes well, the unseen, of the hobbits. The and unseen so CG. And that's the point, is because it's unseen and because the invisible CGI, like, it's great CGI because you don't notice yeah. it, right? <laughs> and the best CGI is yeah, stuff you don't realize exactly. is there. Yeah. And on top of that, most of the stuff, because we've, we've all seen them behind the scenes, we all know how the movie... Most of the stuff, the sets, the, the locations, the costumes... It's all practical. So this movie does skew to the practical side. You know, like I said last week, they use models, uh, model build, model castles instead of CGI, you know, and they, they digitally digitally composite um, uh, practical elements together. Um, you know, uh, prosthetic makeup, there's heaps, which we'll talk about later with the orcs and stuff. Um, so this definitely... a, a but practical triumph, but also there is a lot of CGI, not just the obvious stuff. Um, and I wanted to sort of talk about how, you know, we always talk about new movies, it's too much CGI, it's in your face, it's all the time. And there are new movies where which uses the invisible CGI too, and you don't notice it, and therefore it's good, you know. But those movies definitely skew towards the CGI side. So automatically, yes, there's invisible CGI that you don't notice, it's great, but they're already doing things less practically from the beginning. Mm. Then on top of that, you got the really standout, ugly, in-your-face CGI that a lot of these modern superhero movies and stuff use. The really wobbly, early Pixar-looking stuff that you're like, why was that in there? Especially when it's not necessary. Yeah. And that's the thing. I.e. Captain Marvel. Exactly. Where she's falling and she's got yeah, the woody yeah. face. Why can't you just, yeah, have a green like, screen, but why, why not have her? Why not have like, the actress yeah. just kind of... Wiggle, wiggling yeah, on wiggling a wire. Like. Yeah. And that's like <laughs> when you watch Lord of the Rings, there's a couple of moments where the CGI is a bit wobbly, but never do you, are you watching those movies and are you like, oh, that was really bad. Oh, that takes me out. Yeah. Oh. Whereas you watch any modern superhero movie, most modern action movies, you're just like, what the hell? It's just CGI stuff flying yeah. around. And that has a lot to do with um, choreography, staging, cinematography, uh, spatial awareness. Like a lot of modern movies, the cameras are shaking. There's stuff flying around. You don't really know where things are. Where a lot of older movies, because they had to do things practically, and if you're a good director like Spielberg, like it's really you get a real sense of where things are, where they're coming from, and so the action works really well. I think Peter Jackson does a great job in the Lord of the Rings movies, especially with Helm's Deep, which we'll talk about later, 
where yeah there's a lot of cgi elements but most of it's practical and and there's a lot of dudes on set and there's a lot oh, heaps of dudes on set and at the end of the day he shoots it well he knows where you know where things are you know where all the characters are situated you know all their situations and it's edited so well as i said um and so it's just yeah i know yeah. there's lots of cgi more than i let on but more than but that's a testament to better, that's a testament to the movie exactly the fact that you go in there thinking i yeah. don't remember like the cgi doesn't offend you so you uh, yeah. after having not watched it for many years you're just like yeah because we're and people the, that would remember and terrible the, in the, CGI. Yeah, and the in the <laughs> and the in your face CGI, which we'll talk about more next week when there's more and more, you know, with the the olifants and stuff and Return of the King, um, that stuff is nowhere near as egregious as some of the stuff we've been seeing in the DC movies yeah. or even the Marvel movies mm, or like, any of uh, the you know Black Panther and that infamous yeah exactly when you get towards the end of the film <laughs> could you and imagine the budget starts running yeah. out and Hulk's yeah. bobblehead I mean yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like for for every for every amazing invisible CGI in Infinity War or for every amazing <laughs> like close up of Thanos looking like a real guy like seeing the pores on his face. For every one of those, you've got a Hulk or War Machine bobblehead in the armor, <laughs> yeah. or you've got a really wobbly, flubbery character flipping around. You know, you've got a really ugly, kind of gray, you know, smoke-filled, shaky cam scene. You know, like so, I understand CG is expensive. We've had this argument many times on the show, and we we will have it again. I understand CG is expensive, but when you hit the end of your CG budget, isn't there a production designer well, we, that can we, just be we, like, look? All right, no. we have no money for CG. Get but some, get some purple paint. Like, <laughs> but that's the thing we talked about this many times before: is they they don't take the time and the care to plan it out before, and so CGI is their only option. And they, I'm sure, look, we don't have time to go into it now, but they do plan for CGI. There's a lot and lot of involved. A lot of the CGI artists are on set making sure things are shot certain ways with the mocap and the yada yada and the cinematography and the lighting. And then they have to come in and fix it and patch it and yada yada with the CGI later. It's a whole thing. So I know it's an important thing and they have to set that up early. But if you do that with practical, you're going to have a better result and it's going to last longer and it's going to look better and it's going to have a wow factor that a lot of movies don't have anymore. Um, and we'll move on because there's so much to talk about and we don't have a lot of time and we've hardly talked about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, this Tangents. is a preamble. <laughs> this is a preamble. Uh, one thing which Callum wanted to talk about, which I think we should talk about now, but we'll probably maybe pick up the conversation next week again with Return of the King. And it's a really good point, is how a lot of sword and sorcery, sort of high fantasy stuff, is very one note or, you know, like masculine fantasy, like Conan the Barbarian, yeah. muscly guy with sword, gets well, all the women. You look at uh, more post-Lord of the Rings fantasy... Like I'm talking about, like that '70s I kind think, of pop fantasy. Yeah, was aimed at. Let's be honest. It was. Uh, yeah. There's always been there, women interested most, in fantasy and sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. But most yeah. of this in pop fiction, of, in terms of literature, like there's the pop fictiony side, which is more the male fantasy. Yeah. But there's also the more serious fantasy stuff. Yeah. Which obviously is more balanced. But in terms of like cinema, like once the original Conan the Barbarian comes out, which is an amazing movie and a great fantasy movie. Every, you know, studio after that wanted to make their rip-off. And so from and the, the era from the early, of really, really yeah. shitty, so you get sexist. Exactly. So you get like from the early 80s all the way until 
pretty much the late 90s, you get like the cheesy sort of, uh, you know, B-movie sort of naked barbarian girls, you know, muscly guys with yeah. swords sort yeah. of thing. And that, and that goes all the way back to the, the like the pop, what I was going to say is that pop fantasy uh, kind of movement, like that cheap, yeah. that cheap, what they would call in America, um, drug drugstore kind of yeah. book rack where they would sell the really cheap, dirty magazines. Yeah, when yeah. I say dirty, I don't mean sexy. I mean those, yeah, yeah. they're kind of like the Pulpy, 10 cent violent, pop yeah. books where it would just be like, What's X? Violence, sex, yeah, what's yeah. this? What's the barbarian gonna get up to today? He's gonna yeah. go and kill orcs this time in a different part of the world. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Conan came out with the movie, yeah. which was like an embodiment of a more serious embodiment of that. Yeah. Um, because uh Howard who who created Conan? Uh he damn, uh I'll think of it later. <laughs> he was a more serious writer who did he yeah. but the Conan stories were essentially pulpy in nature. Yeah. It was uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs? No, no. Elrond? No. no. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's um, same kind of area, but in space. <laughs> no, the um, but what I'm saying is it, Tolkien's was a very different strain. Yeah. His was a very serious, I kind of want to use the word grounded fantasy because mm. most of the protagonists in Lord of the Rings yeah. didn't have that much power. They yeah. were they were just people who had to get somewhere. Yeah, they weren't like like a lot of the main characters in the like Conan movies and the Deathstalker movies. Was, they're people of great power, people yeah. of great endurance, muscly guys with big swords. Yeah, yeah. Um, Robert but, E. Howard. Yeah, Howard. Oh, but the um, who did it, what did Edgar Rice? I think something wildly different. Tarzan. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Tarzan. Yeah, yeah. similar, uh, similar. You know, similar build. Yeah, muscly guy, <laughs> strong. Yeah, you know. But um. What makes Lord of the Rings different? I mean, it predates a lot of these books for a start. Yeah. But um, Tolkien's... Well, I mean, uh, Conan the Barbarian, the books would have been around the earlier, right? 50s? Er, I think earlier than Lord of the Rings novels. Um, probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a, it was a different type of fantasy and the characters were, for lack of a better word, more human. Or, yeah, yeah, that's right. They're they're more and, mortal in yeah. that sense. Yeah, and and one one thing that you we were talking about thirties. Yeah, see, I told you. Yeah, the, current, the original Conan stuff's old. Um, so but one thing we were talking about and that you brought up, Callum, is like this idea that fantasy after a certain point, even though if lit- the fantasy and literature, there's always been a balance, but f- after a certain point, in terms of mainstream cinema. Fantasy just became that kind of sexist, kind of toxic masculinity, kind of uh, male fantasy thing. And you were saying how the Lord of the Rings movies, by embracing the spirit of the books, brought a more nuanced, emotional, human... Yeah, and so what what brought me to that conversation was we were uh, commenting on how uh, a lot of people laugh at Lord of the Rings... Because of, oh, yeah. of the sentimentality between the the, the characters, because yeah. they they love each other basically. The, the the main the main I don't know if it's a gripe or you know the main thing people poke fun at is the relationship between Frodo and Sam. Look, let's I'm gonna be as blunt as I can. Yeah, people always call it homosexual in nature. Yeah, um, and from a modern people- perspective. I yeah. can understand why people make fun. Like you look yeah. at Clerks Two, of course. There's the famous scene yeah, yeah, yeah. where they talk about you <laughs> know the rings, yeah. that that stuff. <laughs> but it, I think it comes from people's natural tendency to become uncomfortable yeah. when men show affection that, towards each other. That's what I was gonna say. Is a lot of people f- are uncomfortable with men 
show like yeah hat so sharing especially clothes. when it's especially when it's tender yeah. and that and that's how relationships are depicted in lord of the rings it's not this oh come on frodo haha think about the beers we're gonna yeah. have after this yeah let's it, get the chicks yeah, yeah it's it's more of a, i love you mr frodo let's get back home yes. safe and sound so i can tuck you, you into bed <laughs> just just, um, just know that after every intimate interaction between the characters there's a soft whispered frodo saying no homo, Sam. No, <laughs> no homo. But see, no, that's, but that's the that's type of the jokes point. I'm talking about. Yeah, I know, I'm making a joke. Is like people feel uncomfortable with that. So you're like, you have to explain, oh, no, it's not actually gay. It's like, why do we have to explain that? Yeah. Isn't it just okay for them to huh. be really good friends? It is not okay. And not have any other... See, that's the wonderful, th- the wonderful thing about Lord of the Rings is... And it, keep in mind that this, this is mainly directed at Frodo and Sam... Yeah, people never really oh, level this ac- these accusations against Gimli and Legolas. It does happen. Yeah, because Gimli is the only character that actually walks like he has watermelons under his arms <laughs> and like oh, he's a yeah, manly yeah. He's man. A modern, a modern no man. one will hey, call man. him gay. Hey man, Aragorn's a hunky boy. <laughs> but yeah. this is this is the thing. Like we're making jokes. Obviously, we're making light of it. But this is the exact conversation that we're pointing at as an example of like. Well, yeah, it's you look, not, like why is it a problem? So that yeah, I mean, you, why is it a problem that they? There's homo. It's not a problem. I just think it's it's no, interesting. But that's what I'm saying. It's, it's so interesting the way people treat it now. Exactly. Yeah. Because you, Lord of the Rings, of course, was written in a time long before yeah. our current our current conversations of toxic masculinity exactly, were a yeah. thing. Uh, especially considering you know Tolkien was like an upper class uh, yeah. kind of guy. English he served gentleman. in the army. I, f- I believe he fought in the Somme. Like he yeah, was like World you know he was like you know with people in in a war himself, yeah. and he might have been. Those bonds he formed in the war yeah. might have informed the way well, that, the characters in the novels treat each other. That's that's what I've always been led to believe is that the Lord of the Rings is more about like the brotherhood of men at war rather yeah. than the high fantasy story, which is also you know yeah. an important part. But it's always been about that. But you look like, at you look at the hobbits themselves, right? That you know they live longer than than normal people yeah. as well, but. Like they're not afraid to show affection. They're very much yeah. That they, they don't like each other. You know what I mean? Like there are certain parts of Hobbiton yeah, yeah. that don't like each other. But the at the Brandy same time, book, when they books. when they do love each other, <laughs> yeah, they're not afraid to kind of go out of their way to show it. Yeah. And when you show that to a modern audience, even people who read the books now who've never read it before, yeah, they the, have the a, books have a more serious, intimate relationship between Frodo and Sam than the movies do. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people will snigger at that. Yeah. Because. You know, it's we come from a society where gentle hand holding between males is something yeah. that occurs on other countries, not in Australia. <laughs> but that's the thing <laughs> you know is like I mean? because because we've been brought up in a certain way, we go like that's you don't do that. But it's like I think we've gotten to a point now in in society and our like just our discussions about, you know, sexuality and stuff where it's like who cares? Well, yeah, like there's like, this people people try and make it sexual, right? But there's nothing yeah, there's nothing even, sexual about the yeah. relationship between Frodo and Sam. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like when they lo- like longingly look at each other and people laugh, I'm like, I love this. Like, yeah. I need, I need want more of it. Like, give me the six hour cut where it's just them staring at each other. You know, like at a certain that point, is wholesome it's like, at peak performance. Exactly. You might, what's, what's the meme? Yeah. You might not like what it looks like, <laughs> but this is wholesomeness at peak performance. Yeah, because they're just two dudes who've grown up with each other basically their yeah. whole lives. I in think, the middle of nowhere, going to fight a war that yeah, they don't want to be involved in, yeah. and all they have through, yeah, is each like, other. Say, we'll talk about Merry and Pippin as well later, or maybe next episode. Like, and even even some of the other characters, like Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli, like they're going through hell 
yeah. together. And like all they have is like each other kind of yeah. thing. And it's like we have this modern idea of like what th- how things should be. And it's like... And Tolkien didn't give a shit yeah, about any it's of like that. Who, and at this point, where uh, I, per, you know, personally, and I think most people, it's like, who the hell cares? That's right. Like, they can be gay, they can be whatever. But at the end of the day, it's about their friendship. Yeah. You know, and it's a, be, it's a more emotional, m- emotionally nuanced thing than most fantasy where it's like, good guy, good, bad guy, bad. Like, yeah. you know, like me barbarian get woman yeah exactly like this more and we were also talking about and which i think is also interesting is like someone like aragon who is the manly man warrior you know we talked last week about the strider like and then who turns out yeah the 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 male wish fulfillment character he is that character he's a badass he's so cool he's so good the forgotten king he's the... the forgotten king yeah and and it's like even he like is quite a emotionally human for like a better word character yeah. like he cries he 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 has a lost love in arwen yeah you know like there's that there's that side of him. yeah so i think what what callum i callum and i were discussing off air is that because peter jackson uh adapts the spirit of the novels maybe not to the extent as we see those relationships in the novels but he still has that and so it's kind of skews the modern uh, a view of like how things should be, and it, yeah. it, it does it does retain some of that modern, uh, some of that uh, uh, tender, like emotional Te- yeah. tenderness that you don't see in a lot of other fantasy and sci-fi yeah. stories. And it's, I think it's it's part society's fault, and it's also part not. Yeah, because a lot of uh, there's a lot of critique about masculinity in today's day and age. Yeah, but at the same time, everyone That's- everyone can have their Empty words talking about how we should make changes. Yeah. But I guarantee you most movies, most action movies, most fantasy movies going forward aren't going to display relationships the same way that Lord of the Rings did. Yeah. You know, the movies 10, 15 years ago, the books, like what, 50 years ago? More, uh, yeah. More, Six, like, you know. Uh, 70, so yeah. In in terms of literature, I mean, of course, there's so many books, it's it's not right for me to say, you know, yeah. paint everyone with, with the same brush. Yeah. But in terms of storytelling as a whole... You know, so much of fantasy is still 60 years behind the curve yeah. in terms of how relationships should be depicted. Exactly. Which is crazy when you think about it. Yeah. I'm thinking about all the fantasy books that I've read and not very many stories have male and male or even female and female bonding in the same way that Lord of the Rings yeah. depicts human bonding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, without people making a big yeah. kerfuffle about it. Yeah, and also uh, not not to not to uh, derail our point, but also at the end of the day, Lord of the Rings, like the the, the male characters, they're still masculine and badass. They kill. They'll kill someone. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like they <laughs> yeah. orcs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. other and other bad guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so you it's know, like you, you can be. You is can it Aragorn be... or Legolas who skateboards down stairs oh, on a shield? Yeah, like you yeah. know, he's still Kalbanga, yeah. dude. Rad, yeah. peak, peak <laughs> early two thousands when it came out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> radical. <laughs> yeah. So you know he still got that yeah. aspect too. Yeah, yeah. So I mean it's it's a good point, and I think it's something we wanted to discuss. Like, you know, because 
of the way fantasy and sci-fi is often viewed and the way yeah because it is a very masculine often, it is a very yeah. it has been traditionally a very masculine yeah, it's a boys club yeah, yeah. And, and we'll we'll talk about it probably later or, or maybe next week and like I, I think how the female characters are lacking but you know that's uh-huh. also a product of the fact that i think tolkien was going for the whole brotherhood of war thing yeah i think that was the focus I think, From what I understand, yeah, anyway. if, In terms of modern-day franchises, I think the only thing I could think of that's close, and it's not exactly the same because it's not fantasy or sci-fi as such, not in the same way, is Harry Potter has a little bit of that, with that sort of um, friend-brotherly yeah. aspect between it like does, especially Ron the cursed and child, Harry. And, which we don't have yeah. enough time to talk about. Um, so that, that comes a little close between like but, the, how friendship can be you know, yeah. more intimate. But the, mo- the movies don't... Portrayed in the same way as the Peter uh, Jackson. No, no, Rings, not to know? the same yeah, extent, yeah, but yeah. it comes close. In terms of like, yeah, in terms of just popular culture, in terms of big, but like mainstream movies, yeah, yeah like you don't see a lot of. And I, I think that's what makes. I mean, you know, you've heard us say before, it's like the perfect adaptation. Yeah. And I think what makes that's a key part of what makes it so authentic is the fact that Peter Jackson didn't shy away from. Yeah. The the depiction of relationships in the way in the same spirit as it yeah, is in the books exactly and that's what makes it so great yeah and that's why i wish people who don't like the movies would take that on board and understand that it could have been so much worse oh yeah <laughs> and and like we we're talking about last week how it's, so, it's the tonal balance is so yeah so perfect and so yeah like it just balances everything so well um well what else should we talk about because there's so much to talk about and I don't know where to begin. Well, I this, mean, th- this movie uh, introduces one of the most popular aspects of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Which are the treants. Well, thank you for bringing that up, Callum, because Treebeard is my favorite Lord of the Rings character. Tree boys. The yeah. tree boys. The, the, ant, the tree ants, so cool. Environmentalism. Um, yeah, and that's something we'll talk about too, is how we're watching the movie and Callum jo- jokingly in like a dumb person voice is like, Oh, I hate when politics are in my movies. <laughs> get 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 politics out of my um, out of my movies. Yeah, yeah out yeah, of my yeah. fantasy. And no, no, it was when they were talking about um, uh, cutting down trees. No, and but that's whatever. that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's that ties into that point <laughs> of like because Saruman ha- he turns Isengard into like a factory. Um, yeah, a mill. And, yeah, and they say they say like. Um, he, he, it's basically, uh, in, in, he's creating industrialization and yeah. destroying the environment. And I'm pretty sure that's a part of the books. Like Peter it Jackson is, didn't yeah. invent that. And like, so it's interesting for Tolkien to have written that in the fifties before environmentalism was a really big thing, yeah, I guess. I don't know if he was that aware of things like climate yeah. change and I, I think that. The, 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 the man versus nature thing has been yeah. a theme oh, look, for a I long think time. It's, it's it, was not a, an, it's it was an easy way to get the treants involved. Yeah. And it's not a big stretch to say, if I'm in the 50s and you, you know, you you're, say you're a middle-aged man in the 50s and you see what once was fields and like yeah, nature. That's true. And urbanization, then you see yeah. urbanization, you see smokestacks, you see yeah. pollution. Yeah. Like it doesn't take... Scientists to realize yeah, that that's not smoke, necessarily the a positive thing. in England in the fifties would have been horrible. Yeah, yeah like Tolkien, all the mining and like because yeah, Tolkien mining, would have yeah. gone from his in his lifetime he would have gone from seeing relatively untouched that's landscape true. to you know by the time yeah. he was like you know a grown man with children after the war yeah. to mass industrialization. Yeah, even just yeah. from a primal perspective, deep down people are like it's not it's, it's not a good thing. Yeah, 
But that like being said, it's it, maybe you, you know, know argue it's necessary. There, yeah, there, there's a there's a limit to it though. Like, yeah, you the, the simple answer is also, you know, what's a way to get a talking tree involved in a war? Yeah. What, his tree buddies, <laughs> yeah, get well, actually, I like that how how because the tree ants are so ancient. They're like yeah. the, even Legolas. They go into Fangorn Forest, and Legolas is like, this is a very old place. Like yeah. there are things here that like even the elves don't go in the Fangorn Forest. Yeah. You know, like it's like a because the trees have just been there probably since before most uh, of the uh, well, other creatures. Uh, when I was doing some reading, I saw that uh, Treebeard is older than Gandalf. Yeah. Um, like, so he's one of the, like, the ants were one of yeah. the first creatures so, to populate yeah. Middle Earth. And the, 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 this part in the Two Towers like explains why the trees reawaken and why the ants come to... Because the forest is in to danger. Defend. Yeah, because uh, Merry and Pippin, who get stuck in the forest with Treebeard, are trying to convince him to... For, to get the treants to join the war against uh, Sauron and Saruman. And Treebeard's like, no. All could have been we, avoided if we, Saruman practiced safe forestry. Yes. Yeah. Plant, was it plant two for everyone? You That's could, it. Yeah. <laughs> but this is why Saruman is evil. Um, but yeah, like, and I like that. How I like, this is, I think I alluded it to it last week, how, you know, Mary and Pippin go from kind of comic relief characters. And yeah. then as the movies go on, they get more to do. I feel like if this was a modern movie not based on a book, Mary and Pippin would just stay um, comic relief characters for the whole series. Yeah. Whereas it's like they're, they're main characters just as much as all the others. Yeah, they're a part it's of the just, fellowship too. Yeah, exactly. That Exactly. So I like how they have to try to convince Treebeard to join the fight. And he's like, nah. And then they have the idea of like bringing him to Isengard to show him that Saruman's got got his men to cut down yeah. all the trees to make the Urukai and and turned um turned the once it's like a wasteland exactly the once green area around Isengard they were my Lisa. friends yeah so cool i love true uh, the, the way they talk to so, you the, their language it's so slow oh yeah it's like we've just finished saying good morning it's like, well, but it's night time <laughs> no but it makes it makes sense if yeah. they're that old it's yeah. like why should they hurry yeah if if you're thousands of years old w- Saying good morning, taking yeah, the whole exactly. day your would be a blink in an eye. Your yeah. perspective of time is different. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I just I love the design. Again, another thing why the definitive, why Peter and, Jackson's definitive version. If you look at some of the older sketches of Treebeard, he still looks awesome. He's a tree man. It's cool. I love it. But this version of how like the way his the face look and the moss beard and the like the glow slightly yeah. orange eyes and. The leaves, I love it. And they did a good job balancing the CG with the practical too. That's it. Because like the actors are sitting exactly. in, on tree beard yeah. and it doesn't look... Obviously, it's, just really it's his a face. bit of CG. It's just his, it's his, his face, face that's CG. Yeah. Otherwise, the thing they're sitting yeah. on is all practical. It's practical and it looks like... It, it looks right. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't look like it's CG. Yeah. And it's if they did it today, the whole thing would just yeah, be green it, screen. It, yeah. It, exactly. It doesn't just look like they're CG hobbits sitting on a CG yeah. tree. I love it yeah. so much. Treebeard's, uh, like, actually, because I ne- one thing I did is I went in the garage and I got, uh, I went through an old box of toys and I found my old Lord of the Rings toys. And I had, like, an Aragon on the horse, like, a, one of those little three-inch awesome. high little, and I had a ring wraith on the horse. And I had my, um, you know, like, six-inch um, uh, Faramir figure. And he has, a, he has a bow and arrow where you, he actually has individual bows in his quiver that you can pull out and actually shoot with the arrow and he's got That's a sword. Cool. It's really, really nice figures. They don't make good action figures anymore. Um, 
And I was disappointed because I never got a tree beard, even though he was my favorite. So I went on eBay and I was like, what can, <laughs> what can I get? What can I get? And, you know, he, he's hard to find. Like people are selling a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, you know, mostly only in the US. You have to import Just it. Just go to your garden. Go man. on Etsy no, and but, look up tree beard. But that, get... I did. I did. And I was like, oh, maybe I can <laughs> get, get something non, cool. Get just, non-commercially just, you know, approved tree, tree or something. No, no. And that's the thing is like, you know, I, I looked up, what can I get? You know, maybe I can buy something else. You know, what can I get? And a guy was a guy in Australia was selling a broken one for like thirty bucks. I was like, mm, do I really want to? I'm gonna. So I'm like, I'll just keep an eye out, you know. And then a couple of days ago, I found one in Australia, thirty bucks, brand new in the box. Wow. And I'm like, I'm buying that. I'm I. I hope it comes before next episode because I want to open yeah. it. <laughs> look, look, I know a lot about these kind of things. Yeah. Not worth it. I'll buy it off you for twenty bucks. No way, man. No, oh, I, wish uh, wish.com you can buy hoodies. Oh, tree beard hoodie. I'm gonna tree get, beard hoodies. I'm gonna get that. <laughs> Looks gangster. Yeah, but anyway, like oh I'm so happy I can't wait for it to come. That's oh, excellent. Man, it's so cool. Um but yeah, like tree beard's always you know, I love I love that thing. Um and the the fight at the end where they the, all the tree ants storm Isengard. <laughs> yeah. And you know, pull the dam down and the That's floods. Awesome, yeah. And they, they set one of the the orc I, the orc set one of the treants on fire, and he, he, he just puts his out, head yeah. in the water. Yeah, it's an iconic and they're throwing scene. Rocks. It's so cool. Whenever I think of the two towers, that's the what I, basically what I think yeah. of. Yeah. And Helm's Deep, of course. Like you know, I'd seen the trilogy many times, but I I always thought the general consensus was that two towers was kind of like the the ugly stepchild or something. It was like the middle the middle child is like kind of forgotten. It's like the the fellowship is the one that introduces you, and the the middle one, and then the Return of the King is the big boy, where yeah. all the payoff, all the all the battles, all this, all the characters from the previous two movies are, you know, in the last one, but you know, rewatching it, it's like oh, Two Towers is such a great movie. Yeah, because it, it sets the stakes for everything. Exactly. So yeah. It, it inter- fellowship introduces the characters. Yes. Two Towers sets the stakes. Yeah. It establishes right. that it's a war going on. This yeah. isn't just hobbits walking out. Yeah. To find a mountain somewhere. Yeah. The, and then Return of the King is the big climax, which yeah. resolves the arcs. Yeah, that's a good point. Like it sets up what's at stake. Like the, yeah. the whole Rohan thing with the you've got the small village with the 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 that gets ransacked, and then yeah. the, the two children who run who escape and they get to, to Rohan. bring word yeah uh, yeah and and king theoden is under saruman's spell and so yeah. he can't and do anything and so and then they have to like that was good makeup yeah very good oh makeup. yeah it's like i'm two well, completely different we, people we should talk about that like how so gandalf quote-unquote dies or no he technically does die doesn't he he, he does. Gets he gets sent but back. Anyway, yeah, so he despawns. Yeah, in in fellowship, he does. You know, you shall not pass. And then he falls, and then you, and everyone's sad because he died. And then two towers starts with the most epic sequence of like you know New Zealand snow capped mountains, and then yeah. the camera like zooms over them, and it's like a beautiful nature documentary almost with this epic music, these drums. And it kind of zooms into the mountain, and all of a sudden you're back at Fellowship of the Ring on the unit you shall not pass bridge, and then the scene plays out and Gandalf falls, but then the camera instead of following the Fellowship, goes down into the pit with Gandalf, and you see him fighting the Balrog in midair. It's so cool. Um, and then the rest of the movie happens and then Gandalf the White appears and you yeah. think it's Saruman and you're like, oh no, they're in trouble. And then he's like, no, nah, I'm back. I was resurrected. And he tells you the story of how he fought the Balrog on top of the mountain yeah. and he gets he gets the lightning 
power up from the onto his sword and yeah. it's so cool and then he's like i'm back i'm gandalf the white now and he's like i'm the head the, of the order yeah he's yeah. like i'm what saruman should have been like i'm yeah. i'm the most powerful now it's so cool anyway they go to rohan which is the the sort of um what does he say aragon calls it the, the land of the horse lords or something yeah yeah um which is again new zealand so versatile like that kind of rock. It's I don't know what what you call it. There's probably a name for it, but I'm going to call it the Highlands. Yeah. Because I don't know enough. the name yeah. for it. Nah, it's, it's probably not correct. Sounds true to me. But you know what it means, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> and it's just like it's just like it looks different from everything you've seen in the first. Yeah. Two so movies. many biomes. Yeah. Yeah. And so they go there, and then you know, there's a whole like Saruman has a hold of King Theoden's mind, and King Theoden is like all old and withered and gray. He just looks sickly. Yeah, he looks yeah. very sickly. His, his eyes are kind of milked over. Yeah. Um, and Grima Wormtongue is his um, what do you call it? an aide? Advisor. No, advisor. Conciliary. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, Brad Dorif is so good in this movie as as Wormtongue. He's one of the best actors ever. Um, and another perfect casting choice. Peter Jackson does it again. Um, and he's like whispering, you know, poison. In, exactly, poison, yeah. yeah. And then Gandalf and Aragorn. And, and oh, we forgot to mention when uh, Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas are chasing after the orcs who took uh, Merry Pippin, Pippin yeah. hostage. And they think they've been killed. And then Aragorn kicks the orc helmet. Yeah, he, he breaks his throat. Everyone like, goes, oh, it's that e- thing. Everyone knows the story, which yeah. <laughs> I guess I have to say it, is that um, Viggo Mortensen actually broke his toe when he kicked the helmet <laughs> and was screaming both in performance and in pain. Um, well, should we also talk about Viggo Mortensen, how he was like super method and how he was uh, a natural swordsman? Yeah, yes. that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. I yeah. mean, everyone knows the stories about how you know, when they were making Eastern Promises, of course, yeah. they went into a restaurant and everyone got freaked out because he had all yeah, the, he had tattoos. the tattoos. Yeah. I'm like, he. I didn't realize he's like that way with much like everything he does. Yeah, like he's, his method. Like apparently, he stayed in costume and he had he had the sword. I bet he smelled. Oh yeah, but it's yeah. But who, I was gonna say, who cares? Hey, man, like, Viggo Mortensen smells. I'm, I'm gonna yeah. bet <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> yeah. No. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being an extra? You know, like you know, like setting up a donut table or something, yeah. and up comes up comes Vigo yeah. with like his blade and <laughs> the, sword, the yeah. shawl or whatever. And like, maybe his horse is nearby watching in yeah. the background. And apparently he would go to like local town, like the local town, local shops, and go in the costume. It's like Vigo, no, but I'm straight I up. I can't remember if it was Sean Bean or Vigo Monson. I'm pretty sure it was in Fellowship. It was one of one of them's afraid of flying, and so in the shots of the fellowship walking across mountains and hills and like high up, like one of the, he 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 didn't want to get in the helicopter so they could drop him off and then shoot the scene on the top of the mountain, and so in full costume he would walk up the mountain and, and meet like er, like hours earlier meet the cast and crew at the top and then shoot the scene. And I can't remember who it was. I don't, but whoever it was, I don't particularly blame them. But it's so, it adds to that kind of yeah. awesome, perf- like method performance kind of thing. Where even if it wasn't done on purpose, yeah. it was just like so cool. But yeah, Viggo Monson. Uh, 10 out of 10, man. Tw- 12, 12 million out of 10. But yeah, so they get to Rohan and, um, and, and Gandalf. So this is one of the best parts of the movie, we thought, where. Theoden is all sickly and being controlled by Saruman, and um, and Gandalf is like, get out of get out of King Theoden's mind! I yeah, banish you. And it reminds me stuff. of The Exorcist. 
Sort of, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, the power of Christ compels you. You yeah. ha- uh, we also get a meme from this yeah. scene. Yeah, you have you no, have power. no, no power, power here. Yeah, classic. And yeah. and then Saruman through King Theoden says like, "You're no match for me, Gandalf the Grey." And Gandalf's and he's like, like, "Too bad I'm um, Gandalf yeah, the like, White." Um, drops excuse me, and, like yeah. takes <laughs> off his cloak, and he's like. Going off the white and he's like, bam. Yeah, he's like, be gone. And, and again, as we discussed last week, tasteful use of magic. Yeah, and that's the yeah. that's that's what I was gonna say. Is like, it's if they made this movie today, there will be swirling colored sparks and stuff going on. But it's just it's a battle of wills between Gandalf and Saruman yeah. through King Theoden. And the magic here is in the editing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and so there's there's that power of wills. They're staring at each other. That, you know, Gandalf is like forcing him back with his stuff. And then he he finally like like taps uh, yeah. King Theoden on the head with his staff, and it like smash cuts to Saruman who's controlling Being Theoden, propelled backwards, just yeah, boom, push back in in his um such great editing, so cool, delightful to watch. You oh, know what I mean? We, like, were, we all were just like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. And that's see, that's the mark of a good edit, especially yeah. when it's for lack of a better word, like an action edit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it doesn't it doesn't matter how much CGI, how much you know money or whatever. It's like if you got a simple, like well executed. Edit. Yeah, exactly. So cool. And then that the the sort of King Theoden kind of returns to his normal self and and the the, the physical the de, change. The, the de, yeah. I guess you, it's not de aging, but you know what I mean. The, yeah, the, 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 the vitality that returns to him. Yeah, is remarkable. so so yeah. cool. Um. Shadow facts. Gandalf brings out his horse boy, Lord of all horses. So cool. Yeah, uh, it's it's that's, so it sounds another, so strange, yeah. but it's so cool. It, that's another thing of like why these movies are so effective in terms of their magic and uh, mystery and legend. Is like it's just a white horse. Yeah. But but Gandalf whistles and this horse and the, mu- the music swells and it just appears and it's like galloping in slow motion and then Legolas is like. Is that one of the I forget the the name of it? Yeah. You know, is that and he's like, uh, is or is this some uh, magic that deceives my eyes? And yeah. Gandalf's like, no, nah, that's my horse, bro. Yeah, <laughs> Lord Shadow of all horses. Yeah. It's like jelly. <laughs> also, James, I found you a miniature, sixteen dollars. Oh, but it's only small one. Three inches. It's only small boy. I want yeah. a big boy. You want a big boy? The, okay. the 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 figure I got I think is twelve or fifteen inches. Wow, it's a big far boy. out. This is back when they made toys properly. Early t- yeah. late nineties, early two thousands, they made Star Wars toys, and you know, one hundred thirty-five dollars for a big boy. I, I was about to buy that one. That's that's 135 unpainted. Painted, it's a bit over 200. Oof. I was about to click buy. And I was like, I'll wait, I'll wait. Yeah. But yeah, that's a nice... If, if the guy paints it the way it's in that photo, I will gladly pay 200. <laughs> it's so nice. The, look, the interesting thing about Shadow Facts is it's, it's one of those things that perfectly encapsulates what I personally love about fantasy is... It'll just be like, here is Shadowfax, the Lord of Horses. And yeah. immediately I'm like, I want to know more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's, that, it's that world building we always talk about. Yeah. Where you just drop a line and all, you've created a whole nother you branch. Feel, of, your mind fills in all kinds of yeah. blanks. Yeah. Like all kinds. Yeah. I'm it's like, like the, the possibilities branch out. Yeah. And it's like the fact that there's the assumption that his horse can be summoned from anywhere. Yeah. It's like, is it's it, like, um, is it like Red the, Dead Redemption or is something? Is it like the essence yeah. of like the perfect horse? It's like part magic, part horse. Yeah. And it's like, it's just so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. And it's like, like the, the implications out there as well. It's like, well, the magic in the world is obviously so much larger than we know. Yeah. And you read the Silmarillion and there's probably not even going to be that much about horses in the Silmarillion. 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> knowing Tolkien, there's a whole like subsection. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's it's just like one. It's like well, what kind of horse does Gandalf have? Yeah. Gandalf, and Tolkien was probably like. The Lord of all horses, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, obviously. And it's duh. got such a cool name too. Shadowfax. Yeah, Shadow yeah, Facts. yeah, so cool. If I had a horse, oh, I'd name Shadowfax. Can we talk about... This is my. This is probably my favourite piece of Lord of the Rings lore or like naming. Gandalf's um, sword is called Glamdring the Foe Hammer, which I think <laughs> is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And one of the things I hate about The Hobbit is where he just finds it in a cave at the start of the movie. And I'm like, that's so boring. You, with a name like Glamdring the Fohammer, I was like, that's the most epic ancient weapon that was gifted yeah. or given to, to Gandalf by the gods or something. And I hated that they ruined that for me. But yeah, I don't... Yeah, we won't talk about The Hobbit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so cool. Should we talk about Gollum? Because I feel like that's a big chunk of the movie that that'll take well, off. Well, it has an interesting history... Uh, I, I'm assuming they might have... The um, sword. Yeah. I'm assuming they might have just... Uh, oh, no, he found it in a... Yeah, he found it yeah. in a cave. That's Tolkien's Yeah, t- uh, Tolkien, you're on thin ice, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's... Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That that was just, yeah, just disappointing. And then it's like, you compare that to... to um, the um, uh, to, to use a meme, you have yeah. the Chad Glamdring... The whole fan, uh, uh, oh, hammer, but then you have the, the virgin sting. sting. See that? That's what, that's <laughs> what, oh, like he's got a little sword that glows. That's, that's what like, also pisses me off, though. Is like they find they find the faux hammer and sting, sting like in this almost the same place. It's like so boring. You'd think you'd think Frodo would need the that's, faux hammer, wouldn't you? No, he gets sting. Yeah, I mean that's one reason not to do prequels, <laughs> and but also if you were doing that, that's one thing Peter Jackson should have changed from the book. Or left out. They should have left out. Gam- Gandalf should have just always had that sword. Like yeah, you know. or a different sword. Yeah, like yeah, and and you when just change small... the hilt. And uh, fan fan fans with a key eye will realize, oh, that's not the same sword. You know, like he wh- could just also. When did he get that sword? He yeah. could also just get a sword from the Silmarillion and not name it. Yeah, exactly. You know that, what I mean? But this is also like an outside law kind of thing that you yeah. don't actually learn in the movie. No, yeah, 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 that's right. But um, yeah, I think we should talk about Gollum first. I want to talk about like the prosthetic makeup in this movie like because there's the first movie has heaps of orcs but they're mostly just distant villains there's a few close-ups and dialogue but this one has more orcs talking more yeah. close-ups more you know meets back on the menu boys like yeah, kind yeah of more dialogue more, more interaction yeah more yeah. Or, more orc boy kind of scenes um and the just the the prosthetic makeup each orc yeah. looks Unique, D- unique, different, like a character, like it's a character, individual. Exactly, character. they have little d- different idiosyncrasies and different color skin and markings yeah. and and like all sorts of cool stuff, and it looks so amazing. And that's another reason the Hobbit movies suck. Yeah, and a, lo- and a lot of other movies would do this as well. Is just all the CGI nonsense for the for instead of prosthetics, you know. And that's why what these movies stand out so well because of the great makeup and the great. Even the simple stuff like the elf ears and the hobbit yeah. ears and the hobbit feet. Yeah, the hobbit feet. That's the really simple. Feet, you don't yeah. even think about it, but it just makes such a huge difference. Um, and then on the other side, you've got Gollum, who I think originally they were going to do with prosthetics. And keep in mind, this is late 90s when they were planning this stuff. Yeah. So mocap and CGI wasn't really there. Yeah. So they were like, let's do prosthetics, but they needed to make him really skinny and gaunt and kind of horrible looking. This is before Christian Bale was doing crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they couldn't just get Christian Bale here. Yeah. 
But Christian you, Bale. Oh, yeah, Matthew McConaughey's also been known to do it. Recently, yeah. Recently, yeah. You know, like you yeah. know, we need we need an actor to get to like, like thirty kilos. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like I think because they, they, I think they cast Andy Circus, but they were like, you know, uh, w- w- how are we going to do it? And I think I think you could you might be able to find them online somewhere of like. Um, all uh, f- f- behind the scenes photos of how he might have looked with yeah. prosthetics, and he doesn't look bad, but you can't really make him so emaciated and and almost yeah. you know not true not to the character, and all, yeah. also and the way he crawls and moves. Yeah, exactly. The freedom to the f- move with with prosthetics would be harder to do, and it wouldn't so, have been as effective. Yeah, and so this is a movie w- which really pioneered um, mocap technology, and with Andy Serkis's name has now become synonymous with this. Yeah, um, you know he's he's just he was just a regular actor before and after this. After this, he's the mo-cap premier guy. mocap guy. Yeah. yeah, and so, like, it's for a movie so, tw- you know, twenty years old, it stands up so well. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons that I alluded to last week is that even though Gollum himself is all CGI, he all the environments and other actors and stuff he's interacting with are all practical. Yeah. So you've only got one CGI element, and the CGI element, because of the mocap thing, moves so fluidly, naturally, yeah. yeah. Um, and honestly, some parts of it, you know, how last week I joked, you know, is it two thousand five? Is it twenty twenty? Can't tell. CGI yeah. hasn't come that far. <laughs> some parts of Gollum, I was like, this could have been done yesterday. Yeah, no, that's true. Like, it might um, not be as detailed, not the textures and stuff, but some of it, I was like, wow, how do they do that? Especially the, um, like, you can get good quality CG, but it's it's usually, like, Pixar. Yeah. You know, like, a, a, a wholly entire 3D film. Yeah. But, like, you look at some of the things that Gollum does in the frame, the movements, yeah. the way he speaks, yeah. the, the, the different personality sides to him. Yeah. Right, it's very. It feels very real. It's obvious. Oh, it's and, obviously and that's, fake. That's the other thing. It, it feels very real. Yeah. You compare that to certain other CGs yeah. uh, in big AAA billion dollar movies, and they still have trouble bringing it, that life well, feeling. Well, uh, that that's a good point you bring up, which I want to talk about. Is that a lot of it is because of the performance? Yeah, it's the an wh- actual. It's not. Exactly. It's not just like a render. It's a performance. Yeah, exactly. So one of the reasons he does feel so real and, s- and why he's such an iconic character. The actors have something to focus because on. yeah, because of the way circus um, emotes or the way he moves, the way he speaks, the way he interacts with the other actors, and the character they they create around Gollum with the writing and directing and editing. Yeah. I love the you know how he's 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 both Smeagol and yeah, and the camera and changes Gollum. depending yeah. on who's and talking. The angles. Yeah. Gollum is like the embodiment of the corruption of the, the ring. ring. Yeah, and Smeagol is his more innocent uh, original Hobbit self or whatever. And, yeah, and the camera just either changes angles yeah. or just moves. And they look different side. too. Yeah, they and have that's different. What's so yeah. cool. And the voice changes, and and it's so you know the my precious thing has become such a iconic line. Exactly, yeah. Um, that it just makes for one of the great sci-fi fantasy characters. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, you know, just they did such a great job for for a movie that is twenty years old. Yeah, and that's the thing. That the thing today, about it is the they, age of the film itself. Yeah. 
I feel like today, you know, because now mocap is the norm. Like every, you know, every Marvel movie, you know, Thanos and all those characters, all mocap. Um, even even non, you know, even when they're doing stunts, you know, we talked about Captain Marvel and Black Black Panther. Even where they do it, where just the actor who plays the character normally for this one scene has to do it in mocap because it's too dangerous to do it for real, and so. And it always looks terrible because you need to do it the stunts practically for the most part. I know. Yeah. I c- obviously, you want to keep people safe, but there's a there's a sort of certain way to to do it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, mocap is so normal now for movies and video games, and this movie kind of pioneered it. Pioneered it, yeah. but also did it so well that 20 years later we're still looking back and going, "Wow, how did they do that?" Yeah. Even though it's come so far since then. And you look at something like Jar Jar Binks, which is also a mocap <laughs> or partially mocap um, performance, and that was a pioneer, and that came out before Lord of the Rings, and that <laughs> just does not have the same legacy, you know, and that does not stand the test of time. And so you can see, uh, this is a um, this is a good point as well, which I want to bring up. I can't remember what it, what was it. What it's such saying? a yeah. Gollum's become such an icon of 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 mocap done right to assist and yeah. aid in CG to yeah. make it look authentic. Um, and I think a lot a lot of if you get a normal actor and you put them in a mocap suit, chances are it's depending on the quality of animation, it yeah. might be good, but it also could be very bad. Andy Serkis is very much a physical actor. Yeah, it, it it's definitely he's a whole body actor, especially you know I mean? when you know you're using CG in a mocap, usually not animating or performing as a normal person. Yeah. So you need that some sort of that performance based. That's what acting, Andy. Yeah, Andy yeah. Circus transformative really acting. That. He really yeah. brings that to the table because like he's a very. It's a very physical role. Yeah. So it's on all it, fours all the time. It, yeah, and it's that combination, like I said, of like the writing, the directing, yeah. the editing, and the performance, and the CGI. Yeah. So it all comes together, works so well, which yeah, you don't get with a lot of modern mocap stuff. Um. We've, I forgot to... I was going to mention before when we talk about Treebeard how John Rhys Davies plays Gimli um, and also voices Treebeard. So I just wanted to ah. talk about that. Because Fun fact. Both so, have beards. <laughs> they do. <laughs> but cause he's one, got, he's one's got tall, a, one's short. Yeah, he's got such a perfect voice for it that it's like, of course. But um, yeah, like also last, like last week we didn't really talk about how the Hobbits had to be, you know made to be a certain size and the yeah. whole force perspective. But then you've also got Gimli, the dwarf, who's a diff- slightly different size. Yeah. You've got that to worry about. And John Reese davies who's a very tall man normally, had to be made to look dwarf size. Um, oh, my God. So amazing. Yeah. <laughs> these hurts movies, my head thinking these, about how these I'd These movies are just like, oh, my God, how did they do that? You don't get yeah. that with a lot of movies. No. It's movie magic to this day. Yeah. And in 50 years, it'll still be considered movie magic. Yeah, exactly. Um, just like the books are considered, you know, at least by me, they're literary magic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like nobody's going to write a book I think as influential as Lord that, of the Rings. That's no actually, one. That's actually a good point. With a, with books like Lord of the Rings, which are held in such regard and were so famous, for the movies to... Uh, Be equally as good equally, in their own field. Yeah. You know, like that's... How, how much... A million how, to one. How, yeah, how much... That's why, like last week we said... Like you how, said, how lightning often in a bottle. Happen? Lightning in a bottle, exactly. Like so, it's so incredible that these movies turned out so great. Yeah. Um, and that's that's why they're, you know, held in such yeah. a, and, and they're so and, uh, definitive. Another iconic thing about the film is 
it's often said that it has a movie within a movie when it has the uh, Helm's Deep Battle. Oh yeah, which is like a big epic sequence on its on its own right. Yeah, in its own right. I mean, Hel- Helm's Deep is the, always the one that that people think of. Yeah, think of. It's like action in Lord of the Rings, Helm's Deep. Like yeah. Return of the King has all the big action scenes and the final battles and whatever, but it's like this is the one people yeah. point to. It's got the it's got the tension. Yeah, you know. With I, the, I think it's because of that whole like like we said like you know how we always talk about how you know action in a movie doesn't matter and special effects don't matter if the story and characters aren't good. And this is a good example of that where you set up the stakes with Rohan and the villagers and you know, uh, Isaac, you know, uh, Saruman and yeah, uh, Sauron, you know, creating the armies to to take to destroy the world of men, um, and you set up those stakes. And then this is the the last the, the quote unquote last stand yeah. of like they've moved all the people of Rohan into Helm's Deep, which is like a castle keep. Yeah, reinforced you know, castle with in, caves underground. Yeah, exactly. And and it's like this is their last stand. If they don't survive Do here, or die, yeah. If they don't survive here, then uh, the dominoes will fall, and Sauron and Saruman will destroy and the they're world. Outnumbered, Middle Earth. They're outnumbered. They're like, outnumbered terribly as yeah. well. There's uh, and until the elves arrive, so they're on there. It's just the men, and they're like, "Well, yeah. we're all gonna all die." The, yeah, and so but Aragorn's get, like, "Well, I'll get die all with the, you." Get all the the kids, all the the women, boy, and the children, boys, and, yeah, all the all the and people young, who can't fight yeah, underground, underground, and all the old men and boys uh, have to take up arms as yeah. well. And so you've got you've got a great scene as well where Aragorn is talking to the boy who's scared to fight, and he's like, yeah. "That's a great sword and all that stuff, and that's cool." Um, yeah, and it's like that. Yeah, and then like all the Urukai march on Helm's Deep, yeah. and that like we we're talking about like crowd, like they have a lot of people in makeup all at the front, but then all behind is all CGI, and then the yeah. big long shots all CGI, still to this day looks fine, yeah. flawless, like looks better than most crowd scenes in big budget modern movies, like you know Infinity War or whatever. When there's a hundred aliens running, they all look kind of cgie yeah whereas this it's like wow and i love that part where the elves also join in they're like years ago yeah. we had a pact and yeah here yeah. we are where we are honored to serve again uh serve yeah. with men and um, once more or whatever so and cool. of course like the the great thing is everyone thinks before this battle starts everyone thinks aragorn's dead yeah and then the the war that's a good scene too the war the war riders those yeah. big hyena dog monsters in the the orcs come and they attack the caravan. Yeah, and uh, Aragorn gets wounded. Yeah, and uh, he falls, falls into the, the river. Man. Yeah, that was a great. And, scene. Uh, and then he turns up and it's like hope has arrived. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's one uh, man. Though. You know when he pushes but, the doors open. Yeah. you're like, oh yeah, Viggo Mortensen, hunky boy. And he's like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, cool. Um, but then uh, the, the, the probably the greatest scene in the movie, at least for me, that scene I'm always like, here he comes, here he comes, <laughs> is uh, Gandalf who yeah. says to Aragorn, look to the east. Yeah, on and the then, fifth day. Yeah, and then just <laughs> when everything's about to be lost, they're yeah. trying their hardest. Gandalf the White appears and he yeah. brings brings um he the, brings the riders of Rohan yeah, with Carl him. Yeah, Carl Urban. <laughs> and he brings uh, uh is David Wenham there too? No, no, no. Oh, um, no, no. That's a different. That's, group. that's a, yeah. That's that's, um, that's on the other side with yeah. Um, yeah of course it is. And, that's um. That's Frodo. Sam and Frodo. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, they Farram- all. Faramir's story is a Faramir, whole other that, thing. Yeah. To, you know, talking about like emotion and stuff. How he he never lives up to his father, and there's that flashback with Boromir, and, and that's that was an extended edition yeah. scene too. And that that, in my opinion, should never have been cut. It, it gives, I understand why it was cut, but it yeah, gives so much it's, weight. It's important to Faramir's character, especially later in Return of the King, which we'll talk about, where 
his father sends him to die and it's so great. Yeah. But we'll talk about that next week. But um, yeah, there's all that stuff with Faramir and yeah. And then the, oh yeah, Helm's Deep. So cool. Like there's so many, like, so there's the, the overarching battle itself, but there's so many like little mini set pieces in inside. Yeah. Like there's the, the, um, the ladders. Yeah. That the orcs use to scale the walls, the little, uh, the little ladders. And then they use those giant ladders. And there's like guys on the ladders. Yeah. And then uh, I can't remember if it's Legolas or Gimli, like kicks one and it falls back into the orc army and crushes them. It's so cool. And then the, the orcs are going up that sort of skinny bridge that leads to the one entrance to Helm's Deep. And they're using that, that Roman shield technique where you yeah. like shield it on the top, shield it on the side. And they're like, you know, they're, the the men and elves are shooting arrows at them and they're falling off the side of the bridge. It's so cool. And then you've got the Urukai, you know, running the Olympic torch yeah. down and they, he uses it to light their bomb and blow up the... Um, outer wall of yeah. Helm, and it's like such an epic effect I, i'd like a scene where you have the eastern armies teaching the orcs some of these tactics <laughs> because it feels like the sort of that roman shield wall technology yeah. like that roman shield wall war sort of they imported yeah, or, that from did, somewhere yeah. yeah and that doesn't feel like standard yeah. orc although, war although procedure these, these are mostly urukai which are supposed to be yeah, the elite the tacticians yeah, yeah. and i think there's there's some magic shenanigans because you we see the urukai being made which is also really cool because they they like made in furnaces under the ground and then they're like birthed out of the earth, and I think I can't remember who it is. Saruman or someone says they're like the the cross between orcs and goblins or something. Like they're like the they're like the the strongest yeah. traits of both or something like that. And so there's a magic shenanigans going on where they they were born yesterday and they're automatic or yeah. like uh, amazing soldiers. Um, so there's that part of it too where it's like they just automatically know soldier yeah. stuff and it's yeah. cool too because you see them making the weapons and, and all of this and even even in this terribly tension heavy scene you still get that that kind of levity where yeah. aragorn and gimli have to make a distraction or hold or held back the 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 bad guys when as they're trying to break the door down yeah and gimli goes you're gonna have to throw me don't tell the elf or <laughs> <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> and there's the great... I make all oh, oh, that's totally X-Men style. Yeah. It's like chuck the door. <laughs> snickety, snickety, snoy. <laughs> now, th- th- there's also like the the counting game between Legolas and Gimli. Yeah. Legolas and Gimli have this great relationship throughout the three movies that kind of grows where it's like a friendly rivalry, kind of love-hate kind of thing. Yeah. Where there's like, they love each other, but they're like... They're uh, also... Dwar- dwarves and elves have don't never get gotten along. along yeah. And so... Um, and so they have this thing where it's like, how many have you killed? Uh, I've killed more, you know. And they, I think they play that up later in Return of the King, which we'll talk about as well, which is, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I think one thing, and we talk about the shield surfing, <laughs> totally <Yeah>. rad. <laughs> Peter Jackson <laughs> getting in there with it. Um, but there's also like something I want to sort of mention is like because it's a nighttime scene and it's raining. If this movie were made today, this movie would be this pitch scene black. would be pitch black. You wouldn't know what was going on. It'd be shaky cam nonsense. It would be boring. But yeah, the these scenes, every night scene in Lord of the Rings, pretty well lit. But especially Helm's Deep is so well lit, so well shot, so well choreographed. It's like you know what's going. on. The action on. is still know. cohesive. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So so cool. Um. 
But like you, but like you said, he's a horror director, so I think he knows yeah. how to he knows how to work but, dark scenes. Yeah, exactly. But like it, it. I think one of the re- and you know, like I mentioned last week, there's some really choice gore in this movie, yeah. like beheadings and cutting off limbs and stuff, and and that's that's stuff that you know comes from his background, but also works really well in the movie while still be being just friendly enough for most young audiences. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's the dead marshes as well. This this is another point with the, his horror movie background. The dead marshes where Frodo looks into the swamp and sees the dead people, and like there's they're like uh, seducing him into the water or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's a very like um, uh, Peter Jackson like horror movie scene, and it's so effective. And the Nazgul's as well, so scary, scary. And the Nazgul now has this uh, dragon thing which it rides over and yeah. Like, Trying, trying to find like a, like Frodo. a worm, yeah. W R W Y R M. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's um yeah that's that's a really cool thing too. Just when you think this movie can't get any cooler, it's like here's more cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many great scenes, so much great stuff. Um, what else? Well, I mean, there's that scene where um. And this is I I I I remember this scene from the book. That's how that's how iconic the scene is to me. Is the aftermath of the Battle of Isengard? Yeah. Um. When they find like the you know the they find the loot so to the speak the pipe weed and then there's some food and stuff. <laughs> but one of the things that's I an like, extended edition bit, isn't it? I'm not sure, but I remember it in the book. Mm. One of the things I like, and this is more of a Return of the King thing, mm. is don't they get a hold of the Palantir as well? I think they oh, that's Return of the King. Yeah, they steal it, well, don't they? And well, that's, yeah. that's kind of that, cool as that, well. That ties into a really big point I have next week. Yeah, yeah. we'll talk about that. Yeah, Imagine um, naming your company after like the bad guy's weapon in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that's, um, that's not that's that that's not a, a movie where that's that's you know. Yeah. That's uh, I was like, why would you do that? Um. Oh, we forgot to talk about the potatoes boiler mash yeah. and stick them in a stew. Another big meme. <laughs> so good. <laughs> that's that's a, that's that's also great um what do you call it like the 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 the, the play between Gollum and Sam and Frodo yeah. and like Frodo trusts Gollum but Sam, Sam is like yeah, knows he, he's up to Sam's the one that's in the right to be honest Sa- Sam's yeah. the real hero let's yeah. be honest he's the real hero of the whole trilogy he But so you think Smeagol doesn't know about potatoes you know what I mean I suppose his memory's probably he, not the yeah, best Yeah he at, he he says he's he cuz he bites something right that he bites the bread that Frodo gives him and he's like, can't eat Hobbit food or can't eat, you know. Yeah. He, I think at this point... He needs it's just meat. Yeah, at this point, his system has been so poisoned that he can't eat anything that we would consider normal or nice. Yeah. Or, you know, which I think is really tra- like a tragic thing where you... It's oh, like yeah. You, you, you know, put something... You can't live a healthy life. Exactly. You, you, you put something delicious in your mouth but it turns to ash or or it yeah. um or you can't taste it that's like that's like hell or something you know so he's living in that thing and they do a good job of making him both a an an evil character a sympathetic, and a sympathetic yeah. character which will play more into return the king as well yeah yeah cuz he's 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 essentially what a, any normal person would become if they if they got a hold of the ring yeah, right. but I mean, like, we're, a, we're we're looking at Frodo's future. 
Yeah, exactly. Because so the, it's like Gollum's a bad guy. Yeah. But he's also someone who would have been a normal person to begin with. But the ring is such an ominous weapon of evil that that's what you it will turn any normal person yeah. into the creature you see. That's that's one of this. What's one of the things these movies do so well is just by a few scenes here and there, just by a few lines of dialogue here and there, not really playing it up a lot. You see Frodo going, you know, going from normal happy Frodo to more possessed, more possessive of the ring. Yeah, his more, language changes. Yeah, yeah. The, just the way we saw Bilbo in the first movie, he gets he gets more aggressive and, you know, he, he lashes out at Sam, even though Sam is just looking out for him. Yeah. And yeah, and at the end, if if things continue the way, you know, like he's going to turn into a golem-like yeah. creature. And so, yeah... It's such an effective way of showing Frodo's... It's a contrast, yeah. Yeah, and an sh- effective way of showing Frodo's... Um, what do you call it? Like his, his slow corruption. Yeah, um, yeah. Without, if you think about it, there's only a few scenes here and there. Yeah. But uh, and Return of the King obviously plays it up more because they're getting to the end of the journey to, yeah. and it gets worse and worse for Frodo and Sam. We have similar scenes with Bilbo in The Fellowship as well. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Saying, yeah. When, and um, that's, when Bilbo wants exactly. the ring for that's Frodo why it's so you effect- see his face change. Yeah, that's why it's so effective because you see what it does to Bilbo. You see a little bit in Fellowship at the end, like it's what it's doing to Frodo and then throughout two towers it gets more and then return <laughs> what, to king it what, almost it takes Boromir when Boromir is just in the vicinity yeah <laughs> well th- that's another thing Far- that's another reason like Far- you know you know in like every sci-fi fantasy it's like character dies and it's like it's that character's brother yeah yeah I like yeah, yeah. Faramir I like Faramir because he like he kind of he, he he learns from his brother's mistakes and he he's not the same character. yeah yeah that's right, yeah. You know, and I like that. There's that that scene where because Faramir refuses to let Frodo go, and Frodo's like, "You have to let me go. We're on an important mission. If you're if if you're a friend to any man or elf or whatever, you'll let us complete our mission. Like, there's a lot on today. Yeah. And he's like, "No, I'm taking you to my father because that's what my daddy wants, kind of thing. So he's stuck in that, and we see that through the flashback. Yeah. He's stuck in that mindset. And he and then they're like, you gotta let us go. And he's like, no, no, no. And then he and then finally Sam just like yells at him. He's like, you know why Boromir died? It's because he yeah. tried to steal the ring from Frodo. And Faramir's like, oh, I'm I'm doing exactly what my daddy wants. I'm trying to be Boromir. Yeah. And so he kind of breaks that cycle and he lets Frodo and Gollum and poor Sam David go. Wenham. So good. Yeah. Man. All right. So last week. I alluded at the end of the episode because we we rushed last week so much um, and I was like, you know, trying to think of so many things. I'm like, I alluded to um, Arwen, the elf. um, And then I was like, oh, is it Eowyn? And I'm like, oh, that's because in uh, Two Towers, we're introduced to Eowyn, who is uh, King Theoden of Rohan's niece. The semi-love interest, yeah. Yeah. Um, who? So Aragorn loves ladies with similar names. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. Is like Tolkien has two major female characters, both with very similar names. Yeah, but they also uh, there's also Boromir and Faramir. You know? Yeah, but they're they're brothers though, right? So yeah. you got you got Arwen, who is played by Liv Tyler, who is the elf. That's true. Uh, elf yeah. maiden who is quote the unquote primary love interest. Uh, yeah. Pri- yeah, like uh, 
the primary love interest for Aragon. And then you've got Eowyn, played by Miranda Otto, I think, who is the human uh, shield maiden of Rodan, yeah. who is King Theoden's niece. Um, also a love interest for... Um, more, more, which more, is, she's more into him than he is into Yeah, her. which is problematic... Um, but you can't blame her because, you know, Viggo Monson's a hunky boy. That's what I was going to say. I mean, come <laughs> and, on now. And so it's like, yeah. Um, and, yeah, like... Look, I he's feel not like, entirely unresponsive. Yeah. Also, at this point, we also... Because we learned something that we didn't know... Uh, when he leaves Rivendell in Fellowship, we don't know this. But now there's a flashback and we learn that Arwen has agreed to go to the Undying Lands with her father yeah. and all the other elves. So the elves are leaving Middle-earth for good. They're yeah. like, the Age of Men is coming. The time of magic and elves is gone. They're going to like, a, like a, a, basically a supernatural continent. It's basically their heaven in a yeah, way. Yeah, but you can get there by boat. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so she's like, no, I'm staying with Aragorn. And Aragorn's like, no, you should go. Like, I'll, yeah. you know, and, and Elrond's like, he'll die and yeah. you'll be alone forever. And there's that great scene of showing him uh, Aragorn's tomb and Arwen grieving over and all that stuff. It's all really cool. And then, she, you know, we learn that she, uh, Aragorn thinks she's going. And so he, so when Aowen is like infatuated with him, even though he's still in love with Arwen, it's like, there is that possibility of like, it might eventuate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like like it's probably it's probably because I think it, this is a part that in the books like I think Peter Jackson made these probably the female he beefed up the female characters a bit more he gave them a bit more to do a bit more agency which is great. Um, Two Towers still ha suffers from the problem of like they keep shutting down Eowyn. The, the, she's like I can fight and they're like no 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 stay with the women and children you know. <laughs> but then we. We'll talk about next week with Return of the King, where she does. They give her a lot more and, agency, yeah. and she gets to kill the um, the Witch King, the yeah. um, the Nazgul King. But um, yeah, so yeah, I, I I did confuse the names, but I was sort of also correct. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they both do, yeah. yeah, and they're both they're both so well cast and such great characters themselves, and um, yeah, like I would. Uh, and I think we see more lady heroes in the next one too, if I'm not mistaken. Return of the King. Yeah. Um, Who else? That famous, I am no well more of that's our her. Lady no, no, that's her. Yeah, no, that's yeah. No, I meant more of our lady heroes. Not yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Not yeah, new, yeah. not get, new lady get, heroes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, no. They, they, they get yeah. more to do in the next one. Yeah. Um, but it, I was just thinking on the way here, like again, sorry to bring it up, but the Hobbit movies suck, and one of the reasons they suck is because, so they introduce. Uh, Toriel, which was she, she was not a character in the book, but obviously they wanted to have female representation because th these books don't really have a lot of that. And so, and as we discussed, sci-fi and fantasy does suffer from a yeah. lack of representation, especially at, le at least periodic. You know, yeah, pieces. certainly exactly. in Tolkien's time, so, fiction, yeah, fantasy fiction. Wasn't. So, so for the Hobbit, they introduced this a female elf character, and. They do the worst thing possible, which is make her basically just the token love interest for a love triangle between a hobbit and an and an, like another elf or whatever it was. It was terrible, and it was the worst character. And this is something we bring up a lot, or at least I do, is like tokenism, and like how 
yeah, you can have representation, but if it's just a throwaway, boring, poorly written character, it can be just, just as there damaging. For it's just as damaging. So that's why I'm looking forward to the Lord of the Rings Amazon series, which has um has more people of color, has more female yeah. characters. Not to mention, it's like it's a new story too. That's, exactly, it's, it's exciting. So if you actually write good characters and they just happen to be people of color or women yeah. or whatever. It's like, that's great for representation. It's not yeah. great to just shoehorn in the token. Especially if it's someone of that background writing a story exactly. set, it, set in that background. So yeah. if it's like, for example, this new TV show, I think it's like set in like some type of like Middle East and African kind of environment. Yeah, it's like the East. And if you have someone from those backgrounds contributing, uh, writing, yeah. to, so it's like more authentic. It's yeah. not... Tolkien's idea of what it is to be in Tolkien's the Middle East. Yeah. tokenism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> J.R. Tokenism. But, yeah, but that's also a good point as, as we're watching Two Towers and we're like the... Because the, you, you've got... Sar- Sauron is amassing his dark army. Yeah. And part of that are all the warriors from the eastern parts of Middle-earth that we don't see. So basically, if Middle-earth, the parts we do see are all the European nations, France, Germany, England, or whatever, and the bad guys coming from the scary place that we don't see <laughs> are obviously like Asia or Middle East or Africa or whatever. And so that's obviously an old-fashioned way of thinking Looking, yeah. and obviously problematic. It makes sense for Tolkien's story because... It's set around medieval. Uh, it's based on medieval Europe, sort and of thing. This is also going to sound kind of strange, but in when Tolkien was writing the books, yeah, elephants was just exciting for like you know twelve oh, year old boys. Yeah, so I mean, honest, they still are. You know, yeah. <laughs> take it from me. <laughs> yeah, elephants. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, like it's, it's he that, included elephants because it's that like, exotic, exotic. Yeah. yeah, but it's also like um, it makes sense for for writing it, but it also for for like future properties based on Lord of the Rings like and especially this new series if it is going to be to set expand, in the east yeah. to expand upon that to and flesh also it this, out this is not an excuse of the tokenism but as Calum said you have to remember back in the time when it was written and published ordinary people were less travelled yeah that's right? true so yeah it's probably the world was a lot issue. smaller the world was then. a lot smaller yeah. people didn't go that really far from their home for their whole lives really and much so, like hobbits yeah. Like, much like hobbits. Yeah. And so, yeah, while it's problematic that, they, you know, people from the East are considered the bad guys, yeah. um, we don't know much more about that. But it is sort of thing like, well, it's a vehicle to have these more magical, unseen it's part, yeah, bad it's guys. Exotic, like yeah, it's the exotic the, yeah. Arabian princess with the veil. Like, yeah. it's that kind of... Well, all fantasies are essentially just travelogues. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's kind of a part of it. If you can't go to these places, have a part of these places yeah. come to you. Also, which is when even Sam even says it when they see the Oliphants when him and Frodo yeah, and Gollum are hiding. No in the show will yeah, believe uh, it. Yeah. yeah, he even mentions it himself. It's like, wait till they hear this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, even even um, Bilbo and later Frodo write their stories down in epic yeah. uh, books. For future generations. For future generations. So it's like the, the, the Lord of the Rings itself is is a epic tale that will yeah. be um, told to 
Hobbit children, you know. I just I want to I want to see Frodo's version of events versus Sam's version of events. <laughs> Sam is like, and yeah. Frodo didn't listen to Sam, me here, no, and he didn't listen to me here. Sam, I don't. Yeah. I, Sam wouldn't be passive aggressive. He would just be like, Frodo was great the whole time. He didn't waver once. Me on the other yeah, hand, yeah, I was slowing yeah. him down. You know, he, Frodo's yeah, version yeah. of and Sam Frodo, didn't and then listen I here, did and then I killed the spider, in the <laughs> and cave, they wouldn't, and, then... and they wouldn't let me put the ring on. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love the ring. Man, I love the ring. <laughs> <laughs> it's um uh sam goes to frodo's house while he's writing the book and he like looks over his shoulder and just says uh they didn't let me put on the ring they didn't live just over and over and you're over like jack nicholson yeah. in yeah. the shining yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all walking and no ring makes frodo, <laughs> makes frodo a dull boy <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna hurt you sam i'm just yeah. gonna bash your brains in <laughs> uh, too good yeah, but yeah, I, I think um, like we were saying at the start of the show, the movie, despite being based on something that has some old-fashioned views on things, in a modern context, comes out pretty well. Yeah, there's there's, there's a lot of fantasy, both books and movies are still yeah. far behind in terms of, like I said, the way relationships are explored. Yeah. Frankly, even in imagination, if you look at like, you know, so much yeah. fantasy is derivative these days. That's why, like things like the books, like the magicians, while in some ways being derivative, yeah. like not only are the books, it, like incredible. So is a TV show. That's another example, of course, very different. Yeah. But of like adaptations done. There's right. also. But sorry, the, go on. No, yeah, just like fantasy is kind of to me at the moment, it just feels kind of stale. There's yeah, there's also that like I guess ties into what I was gonna say is because fantasy became what it became, which is like elves and you know adventures and magic. And then you got dark fantasy, which is yeah. the same, but violence, sex, you know, Game of Thrones, The Witcher, whatever. Um, and that becomes more popular, obviously, now with streaming services and, you know, more adult-driven yeah. uh, content on streaming services. But it's like there is a place for that more... Uh, it's it's not it's not for kids, but more like light, slightly lighthearted. I think Lord of the Rings does such a great job at balancing, like we said, that it's still got that dark, violent nature. Well, see, it's an interesting... the, the it, stakes yeah. are still high. It's an interesting property because... Characters still die. At its, at its core, yeah. I would say it's a teenage fantasy. It's like... It was, In a way. It, it's, but on another level, Lord of the Rings, I think it really does appeal it, it to does, all demographics. It's kind of like we talk about with the original Star Wars, where it's like for, it's for everyone. It's a family. At least the movies are very much family movies. Yeah. The book can be approached. There's it nothing. Has, uh, there's nothing offensive. Yeah. in Lord of the Rings. It ha- it has that. that you know, we talked. It about, does have dark undercurrents. Yeah, we talked about with the original Star Wars. There is a bit of darkness to it because in the seventies and eighties, kids' movies did have that edge. That to edge. It, yeah. You know? um, PG meant you could have a bit of violence a bit of swearing like it didn't mean kids movie yeah whereas now it's like means kids movie you know and that's the same thing is like fantasy lord of the rings especially like doesn't mean kids movie no there's even in the books there's violence yeah there's you know there's tension people people have bad times for all it's you know we'll say fantastic action kids also might find it a bit boring some parts of a it. A certain type of kid today. Yeah, look, no. I, I, it, it's I know adults today who would find it boring. Yeah, uh, I, it's it's hard to gauge now because like I was saying last week, it's like 
it's so it's so hard to imagine people who haven't seen it or who have grown up without it or who are old and or who are twenty years old now who just like, didn't have that. There's same... a joke in Clerks too, yeah, where they're discussing Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's the just walking. walking. And then, the walking. Then, yeah. It's like here's the first movie, it's like, <laughs> and then yeah. the second movie, and yeah. he like nearly trips. Yeah. Yeah. and the third movie, he drops and the ring. For some people, for some through. people, that's what it's like. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those things where, and we we know some people who've never seen it who aren't interested in it. Yeah, and to them. It's one of those things where it becomes larger than life and it's like what they know about Lord of the Rings is what they've seen from pop culture referencing the movies. That's true too. That's kind of something we've talked about with Star Wars where Star Wars has become bigger than itself and people don't actually go and revisit the movies. They just know the pop culture. They remember That's it from right. when they were kids and so they think they love Star Wars but what they do is they love the idea of Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, and it's like that to a lesser extent Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I think that most people... If they gave it a shot who haven't seen it, and there are a few people who haven't yeah. seen it, they would enjoy it. I think it also uh, might be intimidating for some but people. But also the fact that it's it practical, be, yeah. the fact that it's real, in I, a I sense, think this, this might actually throw some people off. Because uh, young kids today, yeah. and okay, not everyone, of course, but you look at the things they have access to on Netflix, lots of really bright, colorful, yeah. you know, 3D yeah. flubbery things that people enjoy for some reason. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. But Lord of the Rings, by contrast, it's dark at times. Yeah. It's a slower a story film. Character there's a lot of lore, yeah. like there's a lot of interaction between characters. Yeah. I think this brings up a good point, which we'll probably talk about more next week because it's more an overarching thing. But it's something that kind of ties into what we're talking about at the start with the sword and sorcery genre in in film. Is how other than Lord of the Rings, there's not a lot of big budget mainstream high fantasy movies. No, not there's anymore. the original Conan the Barbarian. Then there's all the B movie knockoffs. They kind of tried with then Narnia movies. Narnia movies, but they weren't really that good. No, and you know, Harry Potter is a different kind of fantasy. And personally, those movies didn't all the way. You know, yeah. they they weren't great all the way. Um, you know, you've got all the the dodgy teen things, yeah. like you know, uh, what do you call them? Um, young adult fiction kind of things that they kind of churned out, but none of those really took off. Yeah, it's interesting. The first Pirates of the Caribbean, maybe. We have the Wheel of Time coming at some point. Yeah, we already have the pilot. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Billy Zane. (laughs) We don't speak of that. Don't use that. What a bizarre little entry in pop culture that was. (laughs) What does, um, you know, because we're watching Fellowship of the Ring and there's the, the (laughs) the Council of Elrond. Yeah, and um, they're all fighting over the ring because the ring is a corrupting force, and they're all like, "Why can't we just, you know?" And Gimli tries to destroy it, and they're all yelling at each other, and it's like, "We can just, I'll take it, you know, you, you guys, you know." And Gandalf's like, "Enough," and he like uses the, I think they call it the black voice or something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Don't he makes his voice sound spoopy." Yeah, I was like, "Don't invoke, don't invoke the black voice with the the wheel of time." pilot that they made for 10 bucks to keep the rights <laughs> yeah. we'll ne- never i'm sure we'll go in depth into it when the show comes out <laughs> um but yeah like it, it's it's something like you think of sci-fi and you've got alien you've got yeah. star wars you've got predator fantasy you've got is underrepresented you've definitely. got matrix you've got interstellar you've got so much big you know mainstream huge pop culture stuff but for high fantasy movies, it's hard, It's probably harder to adapt because there's heaps of books and comics and video games. But yeah, like it, it, at the end of the day, like Lord of the Rings is one of the only epic high fantasy things think, we ha- movies we have. I think it's a lack of it's vision. It makes it more special. It's a lack of vision on the studio's part. 
Especially because there's so many properties out there it's, that could be adapted now. Yeah, like it, it, in, when, when in they a long do, form when they, way. When um, like like any adaptation or any big budget sci-fi fantasy, when they try it, they they do the the cheap, lazy, you know, PG thirteen, slap it together version. Like I never saw the Aragon movie, but apparently it was like an embarrassment. You know, I like think, you know things I, like that where they they don't really understand the source material. They don't really spend the time and money on it. I think it goes back to what Callum was saying. Science fiction and stuff like that is more, it's colourful, more, um, I will say, high-octane action. Oh, With yeah, fantasy, we, generally these we, days, it's a little slower. We, and we, we talked about last week how sci-fi is generally more accepted mainstream because there's guns and yeah, there's, there's and it, planes, you know. I think um, I think fantasy, it's, I mean, obviously it will never die. Yeah. But I think for in the movies, mainstream, yeah. it's basically dead. Because there's no, it's not, the type of content that a fantasy movie can provide is not but the I content mean, that the there, kids are wanting to see right dis- now. As we discussed, there is the pulpy fantasy, which is just action, you know. So, like, and, like, we're seeing a resurgence now with Game of Thrones and Witcher and The Wheel of Time and probably a bunch of other stuff. Like, because Game of Thrones was successful on TV... Now they're all going to try that on TV, and now they're spending so much money on TV shows. But The Witcher was a misstep. Did it set it back a little bit? What do you mean? Because it wasn't that great. It didn't live up to the hype. Oh no! But in terms of mainstream success, it was very popular. Yeah, you that's know? true. And you know, like, so I think that what what would help a lot, especially if Netflix might give other streaming services some more courage. Yeah, uh, is if Stranger Things actually deviated a little bit because they they seem to be more they they no, they're like a half half sci fi fantasy. But if they took a more fantasy route, no, I think it might. Give I, I think more they've established themselves as sci fi more. Yeah. You know, so that's that. And and now you know, Game of Thrones kind of set the precedent. Yeah. So TV networks and streaming services are comfortable to spend lots of money on uh, fantasy. But in terms of the big budget movies. Well, they're, they're still kind of lagging behind, and I don't think there's anything else sort of well, on the horizon that's going to live up to something yeah, so like Lord of the Rings. There's some Clive Barker works that are fantasy that have been kept in development hell. So you've but got, he, he's a different kind of fantasy. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know. Um, <laughs> there's also like, see, what 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 frustrates me is there's perfectly good fantasy stories that would be really well adaptations to movies or TV yeah. that people just aren't interested in touching. Uh, the Talisman by Stephen King. Yeah. Right. A young boy gets sent into a fantasy Look, world, s- and you know what I mean. And slap Stephen, on Stephen yeah, King's name, and you, you, you have a you fantasy story. Seats, yeah. You have a fantasy story written by the king. Yeah. And no one's I interested guess, in adapting it. I, I guess it's also, you know, we talked about with the Game of Thrones and stuff, is like fantasy isn't cool. I mean, they tried the you Dark know, Tower fantasy, and look what happened. Though. Yeah, they screwed. See, exactly. They were screwed up. But, you know, fantasy isn't considered as cool. Sci-fi, it's not sexy. Yeah. Sci- sci-fi can be argued, even if you you don't like it, it's like, yeah, but it's action. Yeah, but there's cool it's laser guns and space and explosion. But fantasy still... And then Game of Thrones came out and it was like, it's darker, it's more political, it's more sexy, you know, whatever. And you got The Witcher and so on. And so they're going with that side. But I'm like, yeah. no, nah, like I kind of, I like that. I really like that. So I like dark fantasy. But like I also kind of want just the high fantasy uh, yeah. swashbuckling adventure thing where it's just like an elf and his dwarf buddies go on an adventure. Yeah. And The Hobbit could have been that, but they screwed it up, you know. Yeah. And 
you know, Lord of the Rings universe can't be the only one that's doing that. There has to be something else. Well, and the there's so of, many great books they can adapt. The Wheel of Time has that in spades. Yeah. But, but you know, because it's a streaming service yeah. show, it's going to be the edgy Witcher, Game of Thrones. Sexy show for young teens. I think exactly. also it's going to have the teen angst also the ex- young protagonist. But the expectation on fantasy is also that it's going to have to cost a bunch. Exactly. So that's the thing is they're that's not going to the, take that's, a is risk. Is that the risk? Yeah, that's, that's the, what scares and that's, people. That's why we always end up with the crappy um Because like, like it or not, sci-fi can be cheaper because it's like you got a set in a spaceship. Yeah, you can and they set can it in just, modern day and then just have someone have like, a cool even if it's weird in, gun even and if it's in, Even if it's in space, there's yeah. enough stock footage that they can just have like a parallax kind <laughs> of like thing outside a window. Like yeah. what, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't... You can, you, you can, you, if you build, if you build the porthole, <laughs> yeah. all you have to do is put a green screen, and then put stars. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, there, and well, there's different, there's different levels of yeah. sci-fi, but there's different levels of fantasy. That being as well. said, as we said earlier today, right? You want to have a big vista. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you need a location. Mm. Find a but drone, go and scout some land. Miniatures. Yeah. yeah. Have yeah. a composite shot. Miniatures but on top. Th- that's you the thing. I mean? They don't take the time and the care to do that anymore. But like, I'm sure miniatures are probably cheaper to make. And and they last and they it's they just, last longer than having a terrible CG yeah, shot. But it's just like we always talk about. They don't take the time and the care, and it's like they want things that done. That being said, Dark Crystal, we lost oh. that. What a beautiful. Oh, okay, so now yeah. we have to talk about this because what a beautiful we, fantasy product that was. I didn't want to talk about it because it's too painful, and like my heart can't take too it. Soon. The last the last year has been so horrible for everyone, but for me especially because they cancelled Dark, Dark Crystal. Crystal, and. We love that show, like, so much, and it brought so much joy. Literally magic. Literally like, magic. Like, the way we talk about Lord of the Rings, the Dark Crystal show um, embodied that. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they cancelled it... Mo- Shame on you, Probably because of COVID and cost too much money, but also because Netflix just likes cancelling stuff, and if it's not their big flagship stuff, then they don't care. And... It, uh, I don't know, like, if they cancel Cobra Kai, like, I think I might just die. <laughs> like, I'm, I might just jump off a bridge. Like, like come on. Like, this, they this, won't cancel Cobra Kai. Like, Star Wars sucks. Star Trek look, sucks. Like, look, Cobra Kai's defense, Cobra Kai would be relatively cheap. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> so, we're lucky. But, you know, like, like the, all, this, all this stuff that used to be great, all this stuff I used to love sucks now. And it's like, we only had a couple of things left and they're, they're slowly whittling away. <laughs> if they do the Orville next, oh, no. Like, well, you know, like, it's on the... It, yeah, it's it already got teetering. moved. Yeah, it's got moved. So, like, oh, God. Oh, man, I, like, I need to rewatch the Orville. Yeah. We'll, we'll see when the next season comes out. Because it ended on something big, right? There was, like, two parallel universes well, going yeah, on but something. I, like, I don't know if they're going to pick that up or if it's just going to be, like, and now they fixed the universe and now it's back to normal. Because I feel like they... Unless, that would be interesting though if there was two but anyway we'll talk about that another time but yeah the cancellation of Dark Crystal is a crime against humanity and a crime against fantasy yeah. so sad and yeah it just <sighs> makes me depressed yeah. but yeah watching Lord of the Rings just the same way how we watch Star Wars and it made me feel so much better I was you know feeling so bad and you watch Star Wars and you feel so much better watching Lord of the Rings is giving me so much joy and making all the bad things go away at least for four hours <laughs> a week, you know. And I have withdrawals after it's done. I was like, you guys want to watch Return of the King? It's like, no, we can't sit here any longer. <laughs> We're hungry, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, I can't wait. Um, 
to and and also this brings me to another point, which we'll talk about next week again. We're going to reiterate a lot. Um, That's because fine. It, our it, listeners don't cause, care. Yeah, because it is a. Um, <laughs> we talk about the same shit. We t- every week we talk about the same <laughs> stuff. But yeah, like one of the reasons um, I've mentioned it a hundred times before. They released the 4K set of Lord of the Rings uh, late last year to to catch up with the Christmas, so people could go buy the Christmas gift kind of thing. But it was just a bare bones, no special features, just the movie on a disc. And I was like. I'm going to wait for the, because they announced the big super duper special edition that's coming out the middle of the next year. And I'm going to wait for that one because it has all the special features apparently from the older releases plus new special features. So I'm really excited for that. And I feel like after we've watched these movies and, and talked about it uh, on, on our show, um, and then when the new 4Ks come out, I'm going to watch them all again with all the special features and you guys won't see me for months. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, not coming to the show. I'm like, nah, I can't. I'm watching Lord One of the One thing, Rings I don't yet. know if we mentioned this last so, week, but we haven't mentioned this today. Yeah. Is just how good it looks. Oh, so nice. Just how beautifully the beautiful the, re- the restoration was yeah. on this. I, I can't believe it. But I mean, because the movie was so well shot originally, yeah. it, it's and this just a and it looks good it as, looks as I said last week, and it, and it looks good despite us not having the optimal the full, Dolby Vision yeah. setup, yeah. which is just crisp. which just goes to show you like the, the amount of base effort That's they put so in yeah. before adding extra touch ups yeah. to yeah. be yeah. like, like the, this is all this the was uh, this was overseen by you know. People, yeah. It I wasn't, think Peter Jackson. It wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't like mistaken. one of those things where they just churned it through an AI. Bot. Yeah, it wasn't an AI remaster. Yeah, it's like Peter Jackson, and lovingly restored. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but um, yeah. I, I like usually I like to do heaps of research for these these episodes, and you know, but because it's, I didn't have time, and you know, I got so much stuff going on, and because the uh, special editions haven't come out with the um the special features. Um, so information's limited. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I don't want to make any promises cause I always say, let's do this, let's do that. And it never happens. Cause you know, there's just too much stuff going on and it's too hard to do, but like, I'd like to revisit these movies again, so, like soon. And so even though I don't think we should do this all again in the middle of the year, like I, like it might come up again and then yeah. I might talk about it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, and definitely we'll go over it a third time when this sh- something happens with the show. <laughs> What do yeah. you mean? Like no, the Lord of the Rings. We'll TV be rev- show. we'll be talking about Lord of the Rings again. We're like no oh, doubt when oh, the when show the, when comes out. When the Amazon out. show yeah. comes out, this this the Tuesday <laughs> we'll rename review, the show, the Tuesday yeah. review <laughs> will just become Lord of the Rings. We should be review. Most, if it comes out. Alan, yeah. this is. Just, I have a well, feeling. We have a feeling this is Jeff's baby. It's gonna happen. Yeah, eventually it'll happen. <laughs> you know, they're you not gonna but, sink a billion dollars. No, they're not gonna it sink a billion dollars. What was it? Shelf. Was like a hundred million dollars an episode. They're not something gonna, like that. Something yeah. like that. I forgot about that. They're not. It's sinking. too good to be true. That's it's not. It's not gonna live up to the. No. Hype. Well, you know, um, Jeff Bezos uh, resigned as CEO to do more creative things with Amazon. Yeah. I guarantee you, he just he quit just his job so he could go oversee the show and just sit in the Middle Earth as a hobbit. Like, no, I'm serious. Now, I was just, this, we, when we give them the, <laughs> when we review the Amazon Hobbit yeah. uh, show, Amazon um, Lord of the Rings show, yeah, we're gonna have and a Jeff Bezos count. Yeah, this, every time we see a cameo with Jeff Bezos as like a shifty little Hobbit. Yeah, <laughs> this, this is something like I wanted to save all this discussion for next week, but we have a little bit extra time, and I'm sure I will reiterate it next week. It's like I feel like one of the, like post COVID, uh, pre pre COVID. The Tuesday review, like we were just doing, just going through the motions. 
Um, and I got a bit sick of it. And then the lockdown happened and we couldn't do many episodes. And I was like, we're not going to re- review much anymore. We're going to do here and there. Like, I'm on it. And see. I feel like from now on, depending on the week, obviously, and depending on what happens once the cinemas reopen properly and all the movies coming out. But I think we should just focus on movies that we really love and love talking about. Well, I mean... Because I have so much fun watching yeah, yeah. Lord of the Rings talking about it. To go to the movies and see those crappy movies and then just... No, I think we did make a decision, especially since we came back after COVID. Yeah. When there's nothing on the cinemas, we we kind of did make a decision that, like, we're not going to focus on new releases as much anymore. Yeah. Like, if there's a new release on streaming or If whatever, it's, like, a really big release, yeah. yeah, like a main... But, you know, we, we sort of yeah, made that decision to talk about what we would like to talk yeah. about over just what's new. Yeah. So, um, I think... And I think we've all been having a good time. Yeah. You know, having relaunched the show post-COVID. Yeah. Oh, not relaunched, but, you know, resume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I think, like, yeah, like, there'll be more Lord of the Rings discussion and, you know, we've done so much Star Wars stuff, so we'll probably let that rest. But, you know, I like to do more stuff of, like, movies we love, movies we grew up with um, because it's just more fun to talk about and we can can focus on certain aspects and, yeah, and we'll we'll reiterate all this next week because this is something we should have been talking about. Yeah, I mean, you know, and look, with with the way things are lining up too, like, Captain, we've got Captain uh, America and Winter Soldier. Oh, uh, um, Falcon and Winter Falcon Soldier. Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. You know, but yeah, that, that's new stuff. I'm talking about like classic no, but like, 80s. Yeah, like we could do a Back to the Future but, like, there's week still or a lot Indiana of ex- Jones I, week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but what I mean is there's also exciting stuff on the horizon as well. Like yeah. Things that oh, there's definitely energize the, us the big, yeah, the, there's the big main stuff that we'll definitely review. Yeah, no, like um, I got the, uh, we got the Back to the Future 4K set. That, yeah. could, be, that could be our next. Next one, yeah. No next promises. One, no promises. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think we're kind of rambling on and we're, to- we're talking about a lot of things that we should probably leave for next week. Um, so we should probably end up the show. But yeah, um, man, so s- such a great movie. One more to go. And then like the withdrawals are real I now know. and it's only one week and it's <laughs> you like... Know, you're going to be devastated can, can Sunday. After Return of the King, yeah. I'm like, what do I do? But that's what I'm saying. I'm like, once the new set comes out, I'm like, just all the time, Lord of the Rings, nonstop. And I'm going to have my true beard toy. Be like, yeah, yeah. Oh. You know what you do then? You read the books. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he actually, hasn't got that I much planned, time. No, I, so I actually, I actually planned well before we, well before we planned this. I planned to read the Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and the Silmarillion all, all from start to finish, and just so much came up. Yeah. And I started reading Dune. You can't get... read the Silmarillion, man. It's like reading uh, the Bible. I was going to try it. I read it. Know? I read it. It can be Yeah, done. but Calm's different. <laughs> I was going to try. But I started reading the Dune trilogy and then the you know the pandemic happened and it took me a year to finish that. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, eventually I would like to start reading Lord of the Rings, but I've got so much reading to catch up yeah. on, so much stuff to watch and video games to play. So, But yeah, that, that's, that's definitely something I want to do. Um, yeah. All right. We'll we'll finish it up. We we went a bit. I think this is the first. This is Tuesday. the longest. I this is, is the, the first. We've been I think this is the first Tuesday review when we went a bit too long because I feel like a lot of the stuff we should <laughs> should have left for next week. But um, it's also the longest show, the first non-live show we've done since we've come back. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We need we we needed a, a longer show to get because la- last week we were just we yeah. we didn't we, we didn't, didn't talk about so much stuff from fellowship, so much great. We stuff. had some interruptions and technical yeah. difficulties. Yeah. Um. All right, one thing to end off the show. I'm pretty sure Two Towers ends with an Enya song. 
that's so early 2000s, but so perfect and such a great song. And At I'm least like, we didn't get like jungle trance as they're going through. You like, couldn't get away with that today. Like, <laughs> what, 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 what mainstream big sci-fi fantasy movie ends with like a, a love ballad or whatever? They don't do that anymore. They used to do that and they don't. No, they don't. I'm like, they should bring that back. How, but how can they bring it back without it being cringe? That's, how, that's yeah. what I want to know, you know? <laughs> So I just love, I love that the movie ends and it's such a great ending. And then it's like, you know, beautiful, uh, el- almost elven sounding. Yeah. If, if that's what elf singing sounds like. Yeah. But anyway, great movie, great trilogy. We'll yeah. talk about Return of the King. Return of the King might have to be a four hour episode just to fit everything in, <laughs> you know, just to talk about everything. But um, we'll talk about that next week. Thank you for listening. And... Adios, Adios, cousins. Adios, cousins, yes.